wild and exciting week. Sad week, happy week. We got a president. Did we talk about that? No, no, we didn't talk about that because we didn't have a show Tuesday. I felt like it was just appropriate as we were recording our stuff on Tuesday or it was a Monday night. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, the Patriots are going to run away with us. The Patriots and the Jets is that. And Last I'm, second field goal. I, no, when I tell you that you said, okay, I'm going to stop. It's eight o'clock. I'm going to mark that. And I'm sitting there on my couch and I literally just like took a nap and I just, the anxiety is like, like hot smoke is moving up from the bottom of my stomach and just like, oh my God, it was taking over. I, I, was, I was like, honestly, I, like, I don't even think I can show my face if they fucking lost that game. What's up, everyone? Bad signal. Hey, what's up? Uh, Court and Will. Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, what's up? So when I was uh, rendering some audio while you, the game started and you yeah. were just sitting over there watching and uh, it took about like two and a half minutes of on-field play for you to start screaming. It's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm the same way. I blocked I out. I didn't even do it. Oh my god! I mean, man. Yeah, I think the ceiling's been hit on what Cam Newton could do with this offense. Uh, the whole team. It's the ceiling's been hit oh, on this team. It's it's. I mean, and now once again, we got we got a situation where Bill's coming out and making fucking headlines. They've been making the point on the radio these days that Bill Belichick and. His retorts to the media and like these blanketed statements he's making about how bad he's been drafting and why they sold out and the salary cap and interviewing with Charlie Weiss. Like, I mean, all of these have become headlines on ESPN. And you have to remember, again, Mike Reese is, is a craft guy. He gets all of his information straight from the ownership of the Patriots. And the fact that he's made more headlines about Bill and, you know, how he's been treating the media or what he's been saying, th that's kind of a testament to what the crafts really feel about how they just kind of want, maybe they just want Bill to be aired out. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. But at this point in the season right now, ugh, I, you know, I, I got to point you out though. You know, the Bills, they're going to win the AFCs. They're going to run away with it. Yeah, they are. Our guest today, Joy Taylor. And Greg Cosell, you're going to get a lot of football information on this podcast. A lot of stuff going down. We run through all of the week's picks for the weekend. Um, but Joy makes a statement that basically, yeah, the, the, the Dolphins are going to run away with the wild card. I still don't think it's over for the Patriots. And yeah, you saw. You got to stop holding on. No, Just let it no, go. it's Just not over. Bro, listen to me. Shut up. They play the Ravens this weekend. They're gonna I know. It, I mean, outside of the Ravens, they just take care of business and they could be nine and seven. I got to direct you, though. That's not going to get you in the playoffs this year. I, you know, it could get the wild card. If they beat out on the Dolphins, I'm telling you, it's that head to head matchup against the Miami Dolphins in a few weeks. Because, damn, we're already halfway through That's the season. That's saying they have to beat the Bills again, too. Um, they're going to lose to the Bills. And I also called that at the beginning of the season. They were going to they were gonna get doubled up on that ass. Um, the New York Times has a playoff track calculator. You have to go to this website. Oh, the website. Yeah, the New York Times. Only one of the most famous papers in the country. They have a playoff tracker where basically you can kind of click and choose and say, like, okay, win, loss, win, loss, win. And you can calculate. So the Patriots go 9-7, and seven, they have a 55% chance to make the playoffs, according to the New York Times. That's basically and all the, uh, what my response was. It, you're, you're not going to make it. All right, well, they'd still be 9-7. and seven. It wouldn't be a disaster 6-10 and 10 season. It'd be a disaster season because you wouldn't get a high okay, draft and here's pick. another point. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an awful season. If they overachieve for the rest of the year, they don't get a top 15 pick. 
top 10 pick. Well, okay. And if they underachieve, then they, they, need th- to, they get they a need higher to, pick. They need to package up some draft Believe picks. me, like, I've, had a bu- I've been a fan of a lot of bad football teams. And getting a higher draft pick, way better than potentially being the six seed in to play. Here's the, here's the problem, Will. I think maybe, what was it? What did we say a couple weeks ago? There were seven teams that had one or two, one or two wins. It's so fucking hard to tank in this league. You can't. As much as you might I don't try. Think trying to. You I have made that to, same No, point. but that's what I'm saying. Even if you tried. Like, even if you tried. Like, the, the, even the Jets, if they win a game. I think they're trying. Even if the Jets, if they win a game, they're going to lose out to the Jaguars. Because the Jaguars are going to be a dog shit top three pick once again. Just stuck in NFL purgatory. Anyways. I I I I. So, Yeah. I don't want to talk about the Patriots anymore because, you know, listen, we got we got plenty to They're talk about. They're done. They're done. I mean, done. I don't know. But, yeah, exactly. I, I think I think the ceiling has been hit on that offense. I think, just as Devin McCourty said last week, they've got a lot of veterans on that team, and it shows. I mean, even the defense. I got to say, Jason McCourty's got it. He's got to retire. Like, it's he was so bad in that game, missing tackles, wide open players. I mean, just I, I don't know. I can't go hard on the McCordys because I love them, but um, I don't know. The age is definitely showing, and everyone's getting irritated. And you know, uh, Tom Curran came out today in a, in a press conference. You know, have you seen Bill's new thing? It's like pausing for like 13, 14 seconds before he answers questions. He's always done weird shit. No, no, but that's his M.O. thing this year. His M.O. is like not responding or saying anything for eight or nine seconds. It's I I almost think it's like I'm listening and I think it's just super disrespectful. Like as much as I love Bill, I'm like I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, you can stop for like five seconds. but Answer the fucking question, man. And he got he got basically, you know, put into a situation where Tom Curran was asking him like, you know, can you really double down on why the guys you've, you've drafted over the last five, six years, why they haven't been performing? And he paused for 13 seconds and he said, I don't know. I mean, he goes, I'm not going to complain about our record over the last 20 years. I've seen a lot worse. All right, cool. But like, there you go again. Why do the Patriots have to be in the fucking news for everything complaining? You well, know, as as much as you. They're the Yankees. They're the the Cowboys of the nineties. Yes. They're they're yes. that team that you know they're going to get that coverage because they've won so much. Yeah. It's it's a blessing and a curse. And I feel bad for fans like you because the media, because they've been so good, the media you know will perpetuate everything that they do, and you know you're left sitting here thinking that they have a chance when they're fucking done. Yeah, you know no. it's tough. It's tough. Well, I think it it is it's. You're, you just not. You're just not used to it. Yeah, I'm you're definitely not. not you're used not used to it. To it, it but this a, it's a bad football team. I've seen a lot of bad football teams. Trust me, Courtney. Yes. It's not going to get any better. Um, I think it will. Don't next lose year. sleep I think over that, it. No, dude. I'm, well, first of all, I'm not. I'm just. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I think that there's going to be a major upheaval and major change in this offseason. One team that really did us right this week was the Red Sox. Damn, it feels weird to say that. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. re-signed. We all thought he was going to go. So he's coming back to the team. Xander Bogart's got to be next. But they brought back Alex Cora. Introduced him as the re-manager for the 2021 Red Sox. Uh, we lost a couple people. A couple very important people. Tommy Heinsohn, which I had heard that he was really not doing too well for the last couple of weeks. Couple of months. Um, 
I, I can't even begin. It really, it really made me cry on Wednesday when I heard the news that Tom Heinsohn drafted with Bill Russell, uh, 86 years old. He lost him, you know, just health causes. And um, for a lot of us, you know, he might have been a 10-time, I don't even know how many rings. Yeah, 11-time NBA champion with the Celtics in those heyday years. He was a coach and a beloved broadcaster. And, yeah, may he rest in peace. He'll be yelling at the refs um, forever up there. Lots of great stories about Tommy Heinsohn, but, you know, we're going to wait until we actually get a, uh, a basketball guest on here to talk about it. We lost Alex Trebek this week. Um, who else? Who else passed away? I mean, it's Sean like Connery. Sean Connery died. James Bond. Who else did? Uh, James. I mean, he's James. He, oh, I know. I, I didn't Bond. know if you were if you were mentioning. Yeah. He's so, like the OG male chauvinist pig, too. Uh, but. Oh, I, you know what I hate? Is that when people like that? I mean, he's a legend, and like things were clearly bad back. At, you know, yeah, he was, sexism was. You know, that's I mean, like, like that's it like was, getting mad at John Wayne for being a racist when I, he died yeah, in exactly, nineteen seventy four. No, you know what though? There's so many people that just got their panties stuck in a bunch. Yeah, and they want to go back and be like, oh well, you know, like oh he said this back in the dude like. Were you alive back then? I'm glad you picked Things up were my a lot different. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up my sarcasm there because that pisses me off like really bad. Like it, uh, when it's he was so when annoying. he was when no. he was smacking asses and shaking titties, it was like all right to smack asses and shake titties. You know what Dude, I mean? That was like the mo. Like yeah. I mean, he that was, was fucking what James, James, Bond. James Bond. Exactly. He was James Bond. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we had an exciting week ten coming up. I'm not gonna. Oh, by the way, man. Did you hear the news? This is breaking news. Yeah. We have a sponsor. Oh, yeah, we do. We have a sponsor. We have a sponsor. And I want to share. And first of all, we've been working on this for a long, long time. But I got to tell you, this is probably one of the best gifts that you could send a family, friend, a wife, a girlfriend, someone who is sick, someone to congratulate them. It's called Bunny James Boxes. Do you like healthy snacks? Yeah. Do you have someone that you know with food? I mean, listen, I you you know me. Yeah, with food you're allergies. allergic to everything. I am allergic to everything. Sesame nuts. You don't have to name everything. Every, just everything. Yeah. All right. Well, Bunny James boxes. This is your gifting solution for guys. Hey, listen. This is you get. You don't know what to dip. You know to give people on the holiday season. This is perfect. You go to their website. And it's basically a compilation of like the most delicious snacks ever. Like the real refined snacks, like those like Stroop waffles and, you know, great high end chocolates. Stuff and you see at Whole Foods, Trader Joe's. Yeah. Whole Foods. I mean, they sell like, like nut snacks and keto bars and all of that stuff. So no more gross chocolate, pears, and popcorn. Bunny James only sells healthy and delicious products. From small mission-based brands. And also, too, that's the best part. You're supporting the small businesses, the smaller brands. They make healthy gift boxes for humans. What was that in that read? For humans? Got to make sure that it's... Oh, I mean, well, so you, had, you had to specify? Is that what... The, it's for humans and not for dogs. Well, yeah, or for, like, extraterrestrials. Okay, actually, or... Yeah, exactly. The aliens are going to be buying boxes. I mean, if it were a Bunny <laughs> James box and I were an alien, I'd fucking buy that. All right. Specialty right diets, allergies, food tribes. Listen, we're going to give you our promo code. It's called Bad Signal 15 You get 15% off today. The shipping is free. Boxes range from $20 all the way up to $40 to 50 bucks. 
I mean, it's pretty robust. So, hey, and if you've heard of all these crazy new kid diets like the keto and well, I mean, uh, and, also and too, I mean, stuff, you, you can, can you can start to set up like a starter pack with just you know things that are keto friendly. Yep. And uh, and uh, you you read more. Yeah. Read more. Uh, you know, this is everything. I remember when we first started talking to these guys, and we want to give a big shout out to Lonnie from Bunny James. Um, this was literally, I was like, oh my God, these are all the snacks that I eat. And also too, it might be good for like, just like a mom at home. If you're a dad and you're like, Hey honey, stop using and abusing my Amazon account. Why don't we just order one of these boxes and you know, try some new stuff. So go to bunnyjamesboxes.com, enter the promo code bad signal 15. You get 15% off and you'll be helping your favorite podcast as yeah, well. Yeah. Be helping us pay the bills. Uh, I think it's about that time. I think it's about that time. We have Greg Cosell from NFL Films. It is a pleasure and an honor to talk about week 10 of the NFL with someone who knows a lot more about football than I do. And I have a hearty introduction to Mr. Greg Cosell of NFL Films. How you doing tonight, Greg? Courtney, I'm doing great. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. We got to talk about um, that game last night. I guess we won't talk about the Patriots and the Jets on Monday, which almost basically gave me a heart attack, and I really didn't want to talk about it. Or I guess we can, yeah, because they have a game we're going to talk about too uh, with the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. But uh, is this Patriots team making you nervous? Because it sure is making me nervous. Well, I don't know what you mean by nervous. I mean, they're below 500 right now. So uh, this is a big, you know, it's funny. This game, which is a Sunday night game, the Patriots game coming up, it actually brings me back a year ago when they played the Ravens on a Sunday night as well. And it's funny the things you remember because the world was a little different back then. I was actually, believe it or not, at a concert that uh, that night. I did not see the, the Patriots-Ravens game live a year ago because I was at a Fleetwood Mac concert. Oh, uh, and excellent. Un- unfortunately, uh, there's not a lot of concerts these days, Courtney. Yeah. In order for the Patriots to really win this game, they have to play turnover-free football again. But making you nervous, I'm talking about the lack of Patriots passing touchdowns. Right. Clearly that, you know, Cam Newton is not set for this offense. There's most, I mean, more likely than not, he's going to be moving on. But uh, can this this offense, from what you've seen of the scheme of Josh McDaniels, uh, can they get it together and start throwing touchdowns again? Well, you know, look, at his core, even when Cam Newton had some great years in, in Carolina, he was not really a true timing and rhythm quarterback. That's not really his game. And I think at its core, this offense, and I know there's many elements to every offense, but at its core, I think this offense really flourishes in a timing rhythm sense. And that's not really Cam's game. So I'm sure they're still working through Josh McDaniels and the staff how to make this work uh, because Cam is obviously very, very different than the previous quarterback. Um, this game coming up will be fascinating to me because uh, Baltimore is not playing particularly well in offense, number one, but number two, Baltimore is a very high percentage blitz defense, but the Patriots played a ton this past Monday night with the fullback Johnson on the field. And when the fullback Johnson is on the field, they're in base personnel. And normally, and this goes for the Ravens as well, normally 
defenses don't really blitz a lot when they're in their base defense. So it's very possible they could try to really slow down and limit this Ravens blitz by staying in base personnel and, and play with Johnson. I guess the big question, I don't know the answer to this, maybe you do, is Damian Harris going to play this week? I don't think so. I mean, I haven't checked the Friday um, uh, injury report, but it looks like it was like a chest injury. He got the wind yep. knocked out him, but he got whacked pretty good. And it's a real disappointment if he doesn't because he's actually been one of the only bright spots from this Patriots team uh, outside of the young, undrafted rookie free agents, Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird, who Cam seems to have some continuity with. But, yeah, I mean, this game just makes me nervous. I just, I still think even though Baltimore – is not going to their offense is not doing as well because Lamar um, is having a little second season slump. I, I still think that Baltimore has the potential to put up about 40 points, but yeah, certainly we'll see. Uh, the game last night was really interesting because it was pretty much a barn burner between the Colts and the Titans. And it was back and forth. It was pretty close. It was 10, 10 for a while. And then boom, the Colts got two touchdowns in 59 seconds, one of them being a defensive touchdown. And they just started to just completely control the line of scrimmage and the game. And I think it was even more remarkable when they had, adding more insult to injury, putting Jacoby Brissett at the line for quarterback <laughs> sneaks. I mean, you know, instead of Jonathan Jacobs. Um, it's just, um, it makes me worried about, the Tennessee Titans as the juggernaut that we usually usually have seen them all year. Um, are, are we starting to see them fall apart or have they just gone through a bad stretch of games? Well, I think they got a few things they got to figure out. Um, you know, I learned this a long time ago and then, so I'm not the one who came up with this thought, although I, I don't, Bill Walsh was the one who told me this years ago. And I think Tennessee is struggling with this right now. In the NFL, in order to be a consistently good offense each and every week, your pass game and your run game have to be, in any given Sunday, able to work independently of one another. In other words, your pass game can't just be good because you, you run the ball. And I think right now Tennessee is struggling with that. Their pass game over the last number of weeks has not been very good and it, because their pass game essentially works off their run game. And while their run game has been okay, it's just that they don't really have a pass game that's separate and distinct from their run game. And I think that's something they're going to have to work out because you always get into games, particularly when you start playing better teams and getting to the playoffs, where you have to be able to do both and they need to be able to operate independently from one another. Is Philip Rivers uh, experiencing a nice resurgence late in his career? Uh, what do you think about the way he's really taken over this Colts team? Obviously, well, credit, giving, tapping, tipping the hat to Frank Reich as well. You know, I've always really liked Philip Rivers. I mean, he's a guy that a lot of people, I think, have been down on in recent years. You know, every once in a while, he throws a, a bad fourth quarter interception. But if you go back through his career, he's not been a high interception guy. Um you know, obviously he doesn't throw the ball now the way he did. He never had a power arm, and he certainly doesn't throw it now the way he did five, six, seven years ago. 
but for the most part, he's he's a good quarterback. I, I think that they're they're a pretty solid team overall. I think if they can develop a little more of a run game, which I think is critical, uh, they've got a chance to be a pretty complete team because they've got a very very good defense. Their defense kind of reminds me a little bit of the 49ers defense from last year, where their front four is really, really good. They don't blitz a lot. They've got a really good linebacking core. I I saw that, and I've been noticing that over the last couple of weeks. Moving on to another game. Man, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, Carolina, is going to be just a little bit revengeful in this game after being embarrassed 38 to three last week uh, against the Saints. Listen, I got I to ask the question: Has Brady's value changed in Tampa Bay since he's been there? Is is you know is his stock higher now? Um, you know, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with Tom Brady. Um, Last week's game was an interesting game tactically when I watched that tape. I mean, you know, when I was watching the game live, and, and everybody, of course, live tweets now. I don't do that. I know everybody does, and everybody makes definitive, bold statements the second everything happens. You know, that's the way it works now. Um, but I thought that tactically that the Saints did some really, really good things. I thought that the, the offensive line for the Bucks played poorly in pass protection. Uh, they could not protect one-on-one. And, and look, Brady, as great as he is, is like any quarterback. When you start getting people around him and when you start hitting him, you know, there's a cumulative effect of pressure. Quarterbacks do not like to get hit. And when you start getting hit a lot, you start to play a little faster. You start anticipating and perceiving pressure. And the other factor in that game was their receivers could not win versus man coverage. And that was a little bit surprising. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, how far can he take this Carolina team? Um, I think Teddy's a really nice player, but I think he needs he needs pieces. They need a run game. McCaffrey's now out again. I think that that hurts them a lot. Um, they've got a pretty nice group of receivers, but but overall, I think Teddy is is a complimentary type quarterback. Uh, he needs pieces in place. Uh, he needs a defense to be solid. Uh, and when he has that, I think he can be very efficient. But but I don't think he's. And by the way. There's nothing wrong with saying a guy's a system quarterback. There's not 20 transcendent quarterbacks. Most quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, the Jaguars basically don't have a quarterback. They seem to just be stuck in football purgatory over the last couple of years. And we thought that there was kind of an upside when Gardner Minshew, um, you know, and they had a fantastic defense, but they went on a fire sale again. Why, why does this continue to happen for them? Well, you know, obviously they drafted Blake Bortles and he they got to an AFC championship game, a game, as you recall very well, they should have beaten the Patriots, but they did not. Um, and then it's been downhill since. Um, you know, I thought Minshew, and I watched all, a lot of his tape from last year this summer when I was home, and I kind of liked him. Um, he's been very up and down this year, uh, and now they've given Jake Luton a chance. He had his first start this week, and he was up and down as well. So I assume it's – it's I think it's going to be Luton again this week. But uh, they've just not been very consistent at the quarterback position. Their defense has not been very good this year at all. And see, when you don't when your quarterback is dependent on your team being good and your defense is, is bad and for the most part theirs has been bad – 
You know, that's like having bad starting pitching in baseball, Courtney. You know, everything about your baseball team looks bad if you're down 6 nothing in the fourth inning. You know, and, and when you don't have a good defense and they really struggle, then everything about your offense starts to look bad. What do you like about Aaron Rodgers and um, his connection with Matt LaFleur? It just seems like this year, more than anything, uh, he must be loving the fact that Mike McCarthy is stinking up the joint down in Dallas. Sorry. Toxic. <laughs> Talks that he could get fired, all that stuff. So, I mean, you know, the fact that 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 dude's not doing well. But Aaron Rodgers, as a whole, he just looks calmer. He looks more relaxed. He looks more in control. How far can he take this Packers team this year? Because I think we always know that they're a juggernaut in the NFC. But I don't know. This year seems a little different. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're seeing is is uh, that offense really taking shape and Rodgers really feeling good about where it's going. It's a lot of play action. They use more motion than they've used before. Uh, that system creates throwing opportunities because Matt LaFleur's background, he's very much from the, the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay background. So that, that system presents defined reads and defined, defined throws. And if you notice, this year, Aaron Rodgers is moving around a lot less. He's playing the game far more from the pocket and delivering on time within the structure of the offense. He's a phenomenally good thrower of the football. We know that. Yes, he can move around and make throws. But this year, the offense is really setting up the throws for him, and he's playing from the pocket with really a high level of efficiency. I love that, and I've seen that over the last couple of weeks. Houston and Cleveland. Oh, man. Uh, what can you say about the Texans that is not said about, you know, some of the worst well, places on earth? <laughs> um, they fired their P- their head of PR embarrassingly. Um, Amy Palick, I believe. that What's her name? Um, Amy Palick, yeah. Amy Palick. Um, I feel terrible for her because she tweeted saying that it was one of the most humiliating days of her career. I, you know, they fired – Bill O'Brien was the first coaching fire after after four games. Um, What's in the water down there, and how much does Deshaun Watson need to get out of Houston? Well, you know, it's funny you say that because obviously they've only won two games this year. But Deshaun Watson, over the last month, has played the best football of his career. He is playing at a really, really high level. And we'll see. I mean, obviously, we ha- ideally, we play 16 games and we have some season to go, and I'm not suggesting they're on their way to the Super Bowl. Uh, but Watson's been playing great, great football. They do have weapons on offense. Their defense has been really bad. Uh, and, and, again, that's – that's a big issue, but Deshaun Watson, he's going to be there. I think he resigned, so he's going to—he's not going anywhere. Um, but but he's been playing great football, and and I've been really really impressed watching him. Another guy that is really playing so much more effectively from the pocket, only leaving the pocket when he truly needs to, and uh, throwing the ball with great accuracy. He's been a fun guy for me to watch every week. The Cleveland Browns. They're five and three. They're right in the playoff hunt. Right before yep. our eyes, a lot of people had written them off. Um, how for real are the Browns? Are they real or are they pretenders at this point in the season? Um, I mean, look, the record's five and three. This is a big game for them because I believe this game's in Cleveland. Um, and again, it's it, it's a really good system with a. Uh, 
Kevin Stefanski there for Baker Mayfield because it's a very structured system. It allows Mayfield ideally to hit that back foot, get the ball out. It's it's a lot of boot action, play action boot, designed movement, uh, define the reads, define the throws. Baker's a very good thrower of the football. He just needs things defined for him. And I believe they're getting Nick Chubb back this week, so they'll get that two-headed monster running game back. Their offense has a chance to be really, really good. Um, so we'll see. I mean, their defense is is not a high-level defense, but I think this offense does have a chance to continue to get better. Philly at the Giants. I mean, I'm just going to hand over the reins to you to preview this one. Uh, you are an Eagles guy. I tell well, you to know about the Eagles, the Eagles, as they call them. Well, the Eagles haven't been very good on offense this year. Carson Wentz has been very erratic, very inconsistent. And by the way, even though the Giants are, you know, we don't talk about the Giants a lot because of their record, their defense is not an easy defense to play against. There's a lot of disguise. There's a lot of latent movement in the secondary. They do a lot to force quarterbacks to have to decipher things after the ball is snapped. And even though Carson Wentz is getting a lot of his talent back and and they've actually when everybody's healthy have pretty good offensive talent it will be a bit of a challenge for Carson Wentz this week because he's not shown that ability this year on a consistent basis to play with that kind of precision so he's capable of it he's done it before so it's not as if he can't do it but he's going to have to do it this week because this Giants defense is a tough assignment is Daniel Jones the guy for the Giants I mean the only time you know he's lost six yeah games to teams that are not named Washington. Um, yeah, I know. 36 turnovers since the start of last season. It went the same. I mean, he's turned the ball over in the last eight games, but uh, man, is he the, is he the guy going forward for the giants or, you know, did they kind of miss on him? You know, when I watch him, I feel like the mistakes are correctable. Um, but again, you can't keep making them. Now, it's a new coaching staff this year, so you have to give that a chance to kind of settle in and simmer a little bit. Uh, the turnovers, hey, it's not profound to say the turnovers have to go away. We know that. But I've been a little disappointed at times in that I don't think he's seeing things as clearly as I would expect. Um, he's missed some throws because of it. Uh, he hasn't read safety rotation as well as I think he needs to. Um, we'll see. I, I think the book is still a little bit out. Now, a lot of people believe, Courtney, that after 25 starts, which he's not had 25 starts yet, he's getting there. A lot of people believe after 25 starts, you have a really good feel for a quarterback. So for those people who believe that, he needs to turn it around real soon. What will be the winning record of the number one team in the NFC East? <laughs> I am just uh, Well, how about the fact that this game is for first place in the NFC East? No. So, uh, hey, the winner of that division, no matter what the record, they're getting a home playoff game. Oh, that's crazy. That's so crazy to think about. I mean... Oh man, what a dumpster fire that division. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not taking it I'm not taking a hit against any of those teams, but man, that is fascinating. Redskins oh excuse me, I'm scared. Sorry, sorry. Washington, the Washington football team. The Washington football team. I actually do like that name. I kinda like it. It sounds really classic and just it, it kind of stays. I don't know. I know it does. It does. I, I, I think, yeah. I, I really like that. I don't know. Who knows if they're gonna actually change it. I Possibly, most likely. But, yeah, the Washington football team at Detroit, the Redskins oh, – sorry, sorry. the WFT, they've lost five straight road games going back to 2019. Um, 
The Lions are really bad at home. Who wins this one? Yeah, uh, this is a tough game. I mean, you know, I've always really liked Matthew Stafford. He threw a couple of bad picks last week. Um, I think, though, for the most part, he's a really good quarterback who isn't necessarily thought of that way because the team hasn't been very good. Um, But I think he's a really good player. So we'll see if he can bounce back uh, from what he did last week. Um, Washington, I think you can – Washington on defense does have a very good front, and they can rush the quarterback. And that's one thing they do do very well. So uh, we'll see. And then Detroit's defense has not been very good either. They play a lot of man coverage. We'll see. For for those who like fantasy, maybe it's a Terry McLaurin game. (laughs) That sounds like a plan. I don't know. Matt Patricia is like that one guy that's done so much less with so much more. It's it's remarkable um, that he is still employed as well as uh, Bob Quinn up there in Detroit. Buffalo at Arizona. I know my producer, Zizir, is perked up real, real high on this one. Um, he's a big Bills fan. But we got to talk about the guy named Kyler Murray, number one overall pick. Man, is he the offensive player of the year right now? I don't think I'd go quite that far. Um, This is a very intriguing matchup. Uh, Both of these teams do something that's not done very often in the NFL, and that's they play with four wide receivers on the field. Uh, Arizona does that the most. Buffalo is right behind. They both play with four wide receivers about 20% of their offensive snaps. That's really, really high. Most teams don't do it at all. Um, So, maybe this game has a shootout feel to it. Josh Allen has been playing. He played really well last week against Seattle. Uh, Kyler Murray obviously is is a splash player. He has a lot of those runs with his running style, with those quick choppy feet. He looks so good doing it. Um, He's been good throwing the ball. He's had some erratic moments throwing, but he can make great throws. Josh Allen is just, you know, I really like Josh Allen. I think he's he's on his way to being a really, really good player. And, uh, you know, they clearly felt last week, they came out against Seattle and said, hey, Seattle's weakness is they can't defend the pass, and we're not even going to worry about running the ball. This is a Josh Allen game, and he came through big time. So I'm really anxious to see this game because I think you have two young quarterbacks uh, who are probably ascending, uh, and, and Josh Allen. Josh Allen, to me, depending on the second half of the season, would clearly be in the MVP discussion. Mm. I like that. Like the, and it's like the sound of that. Denver at Las Vegas. I mean, uh, well, we're definitely speaking of wide receivers for four wide receiver sets. You know, you got two young kids in Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs that are matching up for the first time. But I think the biggest thing for me um, is just the Raiders once again. Um, are they smoke and mirrors? Um. You know, I think offensively they're coming on a bit. Look, John Gruden at his core really does want to run the ball, and and they run the ball pretty effectively. Um, I really like Josh Jacobs. I think he's a really good running back. They try to orchestrate big plays in their passing game, define those big plays, manufacture them. Um, If they can continue to make those plays, they'll have a a good offense. Um, They play a lot with multiple tight ends with a fullback. They're not a spread-the-field offense. So we'll see. On the other side, 
I think Drew Locke is going through some growing pains. We'll see how how that plays out. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, you know, obviously he got hurt early this year, which I think has hurt his development. So he's still clearly a work in progress. The LA Chargers and the Miami Dolphins. This is a very intriguing matchup just because of the two young stars. Yep. Uh, Justin Herbert and Tua Tungabailoa. Is this a matchup that we could be seeing for years to come? Yeah, I mean, they'll both be starting for years to come. Herbert's been really, really good. I know he surprised a lot of people. I thought he had some concerns coming out of Oregon. Uh, those concerns have not shown up very much in the NFL. He's been pretty good uh, and almost great at times through his, I guess, seven starts, is it maybe? Um, and he's a really aggressive thrower. I like the way he plays. He pushes it down the field. He has a big arm. Um, Tua is a different player. And there's no mystery to what Tua is. And, and the Dolphins understand that. He's a timing rhythm player. He's got really quick feet on his drop, sets up, hits that back foot, ball comes out. He can move around as far as play action, boot, get, design movement. And that's exactly what they did last week against Arizona. And he played really efficiently. I would expect the same thing this week against a, a Chargers defense that is, is not that tactically difficult to play against. Mm-hmm. Well, interestingly enough, the Miami Dolphins have the fourth highest points differential in the league. So this might be, uh, you know, against that grain this week, just because I feel like both teams could have the potential to put up a lot of points. Uh, Seattle Seahawks and the Rams uh, Seattle's defense, uh, Greg, is is on a historically bad pace. Is that yep. going to really hurt them down the stretch? Yeah, they're in that mode, Court, where, and again, Russell Wilson is great. That's not the point. But in this league, no matter how great your quarterback is, it's really difficult to say every week to your quarterback, you have to play great or we don't have a chance to win. And I think they have to be a little careful about that right now. Believe it or not, I think Chris Carson is an important part of this team. Number one, they need to run the ball more and better, and he's been out. And number two, when you run the ball, you shorten the game and your defense plays less plays. And their defense right now needs to play less plays because they're not very good. Yeah. Aaron Donald beat Russell Wilson. <laughs> that could be an interesting one. Um San Francisco and New Orleans. I poor San Francisco with all of the injuries they have. Yeah, I know. And the last time that they met, they played in the Superdome last year. San Fran won forty-eight to forty-six. I remember that game and how incredible. I think it was Me a too. game. How wildly exciting it was. Um, but yeah, New Orleans—they're the, one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. Uh, how? I mean, could they get even more impressive? I mean, I—it it seems like they're just the team to beat in the NFC. The Saints. It won't be forty-eight, forty-six this week. <laughs> <Not so. laughs> I mean, New Orleans played their best game of the year last week, and I thought their defense played its best game of the year, hands down, because uh, their defense has struggled for a good part of the year, particularly the secondary. Marshawn Lattimore, who's not had a great year, always gets up to play Mike Evans and normally dominates him, as he did last week. So we'll see if that can be a stepping stone game for their defense, because they've got some really nice pieces on defense, but it has not. they've not played well this year. And, uh, you know, Drew Brees, he's passed the point in his career where he there's a lot of downfield throws, even seam throws, which he was a master at earlier in his career, uh, not that long ago. 
you don't see many of those, but he's incredibly efficient. I mean, the guy completes 75% of his balls, it seems, every week. Not necessarily for a ton of yards, but he's really precise. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, um, Big Ben. It's a question of whether he can stay healthy. Do you know if he's healthy enough? Uh, do you have any <laughs> source that can you know, help, help sway the betters this weekend? Um, don't know. I mean, obviously got hurt last week. I haven't heard that he's not going to play, so he'll play. We'll see. I mean, they're a different offense, too, because they're not really pushing the ball down the field very much. A lot of things are quick game stuff. Uh, they didn't run the ball well at all this past week. I think they need to do that better. Cincinnati's kind of fun to watch because of Joe Burrow. I mean, that's that's an offense that uh, they, they're in empty sets with Burrow back there by himself an awful lot, I think, more than any team in the league. Um, everything is quick. He's precise. They, they've got, I know Mixon is out again, but they've got a really deep core of wide receivers. And uh, this is a team to watch, maybe not for this year, but they're going to spoil, I think, a few teams this year. Well, they should be happy. The Bengals only have 11 sacks so far this year. Last game on the docket. And thank you for your time. This is fantastic. Uh, (laughs) The Vikings and the Bears. Uh, This is a matchup of kind of the mediocre teams in the NFC North. It's the Packers and everyone else. And, you know, and then, of course, the Lions. Um, But, uh, you know, Matt Nagy is 4-0 against the Vikings. But... This is this is a game that, you know, Dalvin Cook is just going to keep running away with it. We're talking about offensive players of the year. I mean, he's he's got to be up there in the conversation. How do you see this one going? Yeah, this game will be interesting because uh, the strength of the Bears is is up front and and we'll see if he can run like that against the um uh, the Bears defense. Now, I think because the Bears offense has not been very good at all and Barring turnovers or special teams touchdowns, the Bears' offense is not likely to score a lot of points. I think Cook will still get volume carries, but I don't know if he'll rush for 180 yards this week. Now, he's always capable of breaking one. He is so explosive. The two words that always come to mind when I watch him are decisive and explosive. You never see him stop his feet. You never see him you know, try to figure it out. He just sees it and goes, and he is so explosive. So he'll get carries. Whether he gets big yardage, that remains to be seen because that bear defense uh, is, is good and has been playing much better the last few weeks. I have to ask you this question, um, just bring it back to the Patriots. Uh, Bill Belichick has been under a lot of fire. He's been dealing with the media a lot differently. His big M.O. right now is just uh, they ask a question and he he just pauses and leaves you on mute for about nine, ten seconds. And um, he got a lot of heat today for being pestered by, well, it really wasn't, I listened to the sound, it was really more so about the way that Tom Curran has phrased the question criticizing him for the years past of his draft. Um, how do you assess Bill as a GM and his draft board in the last couple of oh. years? Yeah, I can't remember all the picks. I mean, I know there have been bad picks. Yeah. Uh, I can't compare it to other teams, you know, just off the top of my head. Um, there's a lot more bad drafts than good drafts, by the way, all around the league. Um, every once in a while when there's a great one by a team everybody talks about and says, boy, that particular guy's a great drafter. But uh, for the most part, there's more more bad drafts than good drafts. When, when all's said and done, it's human beings evaluating human beings. Teams have different draft philosophies. Um, you know, I know that 
there's been some bad ones in New England, but it's it's hard to you know I can't think of that Courtney off the top of my head with you know with all the specific players through the year. So um, you know that's just a hard question for me to answer. How how can you assess? Are you surprised by the candid you know how candid Bill Belichick has been in with just with the media and how he's yeah seeming to be defensive. Yeah, I guess maybe, you know, this is kind of a different year for a lot of people. Um, you know, it, it's obviously a COVID year. It's it's just different and it will remain so. Um, you know, look, I, I can't tell you what's in Bill Belichick's head, clearly. But, uh, no, I've noticed because sometimes, because I see all the press conferences I, I get on my, uh, my email feed here at NFL Films. And, you know, Bill, I've always enjoyed reading his. I especially like reading his when he talks about opposing teams players because then he's really, really good. You know, he doesn't talk necessarily about tactics and strategy, obviously, but when he'll talk about opposing team players. So, so I've seen some of his comments and, um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously decided to change his tune a little bit. I, you know, I can't answer why. Yeah. Um, are you a big masters guy? It's a big no. weekend for a lot of people. No, I know, but I'm no, I, I, I I don't watch golf on TV. I hate to say that. I, I, I you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a golf guy. All right. Well, I don't know. Maybe NASCAR or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> I watch some college football and, and then the NFL on Sunday, and you know, that's that's kind of my thing. All right, Greg Cassell. Thank you so much for the breakdown of Week Ten. This was fantastic and so informative, and I am, you know, not surprised at all because you are fantastic. You are phenomenal at what you do. So thank well, you. I appreciate that, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. I'll talk to you soon. That interview was so good. I feel like I just devoured a bunch of football information. I'm like stuffed right now. It's like I, I ate a whole Bunny James box of food. Yeah. Shout out them for paying the bills. Shout out. Shout out. Once again, if you missed it at the beginning, we have a sponsor. It's Bunny James boxes. They are your gifting solution to the holiday season. Go to their website. You like healthy snacks. You like keto snacks. You like nut-free snacks. I mean, this is everything that Will's not going to eat because he doesn't eat healthy. But, you know, Will is gonna, definitely going to gift his sister or his mom or, you know, one of your cousins a Bunny James box for Christmas. You go online. It's customized to your diet of choice. Use the code BADSIGNAL15 to get 15% off. Shipping is free. Two to three days I mean, you can't lose. It's a can't lose situation. I like that. You like that? I love it. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a uh, a Christmas gift option for myself. Going to use that 15% coupon, put a little money back in my pocket. Oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. So you, you guys will be helping us out, and you're going to be helping out uh, the smiles and the happiness of all of your friends and family. It's, it's, it's really great. Go check it out. BunnyJamesBoxes.com. Um, the games this week. I, I You know, I, I really wanted just someone that was just an expert, was an expert on all these things, you know, X's and O's. I mean, listen, you know, Will's thoughts on football. I'm a uh, degenerate gambler. Yeah, you, you're you, a degenerate gambler, yeah. and, you, and you suck at, you know, spelling in English. So it's like, you That's know, we're fine. just trying to round out everything else um, football-wise. Trying to be a little more academic Yeah, in, in the game of football. Yeah, no, he was great. Um, it's one of those things. So, yeah, so Greg Cosell is the nephew of Howard Cosell. Which is wild. Yeah, Howie Cosell. He's Howard Cosell. Big, big uh, name. Yeah, I mean. Monday Night Football announcer forever. Yeah. Um, Hall of Fame broadcaster. One of the greatest to ever do it. And uh, Greg is, you know, a good friend and a mentor. He took me to the Super Bowl last year. 
So that whole experience, we've been catching up. We catch up and check in on each other um, every once in a while. And he's just knowledgeable. I mean, he's on Colin Coward, I think, once a week and does a bunch of radio spots, of course, NFL Films in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, just outside of Philly. So um, he's a big Eagles guy. But we'll just run through our own picks for the week. Okay. Kicking things off, Buccaneers at the Panthers. I see what you did there. Oh, why? Kicking things off is a football pun. I, I, for a second, I thought, why? Oh, No, that I'm, was really good. I liked it. Okay. So we'll start with the Buccaneers at the Panthers. This is the Tom Brady revenge game. We're not going to see the same Tom Brady that we saw absolutely obliterated and embarrassed by the Saints. By the way, I find it fantastic that... Tom Brady has never been swept by a division opponent. Well, look at who his division opponents were. Maybe if he was in the AFC East now, then Josh Allen could get him. Yeah, I think he could, would have gotten him this year. Yeah. All things considered. So um, this game is kind of interesting. Teddy Bridgewater he was sacked a bunch of times last week. Of course, as you heard, Christian McCaffrey not out. I think the uh, yeah it's it's, it's going to be a tough road to battle for the for the Panthers to win in this one. I'm taking the Bucks. Minus five and a half, and the over. Yeah, I'm getting six. Uh, I don't think the over is going to hit it, though. I don't think it'll be that that high scoring. Right, well, I, I if, if anything, because I think that I think Tampa Bay is just going to run him out of the house. It's going to be the same kind of thing that happened uh, the last time Tampa Bay came off a big loss. See, I, I'm pre- see, I'm predicting Tom Brady is going to throw like five touchdowns. They're going to have. It's just going to be a complete, complete effort. It's going to be a, an absolute trouncing. Carolina has no chance. Okay. Uh, Jaguar- although, although, stat, uh, Teddy's 21 and four against the spread as an underdog in his oh, career. Okay. So that's something to look for. Okay. I don't think it's going to make a difference, but something to look for. Another lock of the week Packers and Jaguars. This game is at Lambeau. The spread is 13, the over under is 49 and a half. I'm going to take the Packers, but I think that the Jaguars are going to cover. That that spread's pretty big. Yeah, I would buy like five or six points on that. At least make it like minus nine and a half, move the line a little bit. Okay. Um, But yeah, Green Bay's going to win big. I think they'll win by 10. I did like, however, the beginning of that last Jacksonville game. We got that rookie quarterback, Jake Luton. Yeah, Um, kids got balls. Yeah, I mean, throwing a 73-yard touchdown for what are your, was your second pass in the NFL? Yeah, that's a dream. Hopefully it works out for them. Again, as I was saying, uh, you know, the Jaguars, they've just been shit out of luck for a long time. They the defense drafted, is bad. They drafted Blake Bortles. He started regressing. Jalen Ramsey and that defense, Yannick Ndakwe. Did I say his name right? I have no idea. I don't know. That guy. That guy. Asking me for pronunciation, I hope. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Moving on, Texans and Browns. Uh, I, you know, I want, I want to win one for, for the Texans. Maybe I'll take the Texans with this one. Yeah. Uh, nah, Cleveland's going to win. Nah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just don't like, uh, I don't like what Houston's doing there on defense. It's just like game after game, they just get torched. And Deshaun Watson has been playing really well. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Deshaun Watson, um, six straight games with multiple passing touchdowns. That's second to Russell Wilson. I don't know. I'm just not completely sold. I understand, you know, you're getting Nick Chubb back. It's not good news for my fantasy team and Kareem Hunt. But I feel like, yeah, I'm just, you know what? I'm going to take the Texans. I'm going to do an upset. I got to pick some upsets because yeah. every time that I sit here and I, Kind of figure out that 
I don't know. Well, Buffalo is a two and a half point dog. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm taking Arizona with that one. Well, okay. So the I don't know. Why... No, 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 wait, 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 So Cleveland's favored by three and a half. I'm going to take the Texans plus three and a half and the under at 49. I'm not touching this game with a 10-foot pole. Okay. All right, we're moving on. Eagles and Giants. Philadelphia is a three and a half point favorite. It's 44 and a half is the over under. Man, I mean, mm, it's at the Giants. So just naturally, there's going to be like five guys that are going to go down with injury on yeah. both sides of the ball. And Philadelphia can't afford to lose anybody. I'm not going to count on injuries, though. I think Philadelphia probably wins handily. You okay. dropped that 0-16 straight-up stat for Daniel Jones against yeah. teams not yet. Yeah, 0-16. Holy yeah. Christ. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna take the Giants on this one. I'm going to do double dogs. Um, the Giants are a three-and-a-half-point underdog. I'm going to take the Giants just because I still don't believe that the health of the Eagles is going to carry them. And I think Carson Wentz is just making too many mistakes. He's got big ginger energy. He, uh, big ginger energy is not helping when you have eight turnovers. And, and when your top receiver is a quarterback, it doesn't really help you. Yeah, I just think I think Daniel Jones, uh, he's starting to get a lot better rapport with some of those younger receivers, and I can't think of them off the off the top of my head, but watching Red Zone last Sunday, he had a couple of the young guys he was really connecting with. I have faith in Daniel Jones. I take the Giants in this one. Okay, all right. That was good? Was it good? All yeah, right. Good Shaking analysis. your head. Good analysis. Will, Will I like it. I Will like it. I'm not tired. Washington at the Lions. Detroit is a three and a half point underdog. Sorry, three and a half point favorite. Alex Smith is starting again at NFL quarterback. You heard what they were. Oh, they're also, the Lions are without Kenny Galladay um, again this Sunday for that mystery hip injury. It's no idea what the hell has been going on there. Um, the last time that they played last year. Washington was winless, and they got their first win of the year against the Lions. So, obviously, that was a road game in at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland last year. I don't know. Am I picking three straight underdogs? I, I think I think that there's a lot more to Alex Smith as a quarterback, and the Lions' defense is fucking terrible. Yeah, really, really bad. And the Redskins. Oh, I did yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I did it like three times. I keep in the dead. Interview. Keep dead naming them. Yeah. Um, but that uh, football team out of Washington, uh, D.C., um, they they have a good defense. They have a good, they have yeah. great defense. Chase Daniel is fantastic. Chase Young. Chase Young. Ohio State guy. You, yeah. I, you know, I also said Jonathan Jacobs instead of Jonathan Taylor. I don't, you know, sometimes and, and it's just Deshaun Jackson. Well, I, Deshaun but I corrected Watson. myself. I corrected myself because you made that mistake. I well, you know what? Sometimes my brain works in twisted ways. That's why I have ADD. Okay. I like it. Yeah, so I'm taking I'm taking Washington three and a half, um, the under, or no no you know what I'm gonna take the over because the Lions always they they might always they blow it, um, but they always put up points. Matt Stafford's uh you know he'll He's sling a, a couple he'll sling a couple touchdowns and then throw three interceptions. You know that's just how he does at the most inopportune times. And I agree with Greg when he was saying that Matt Stafford is a fantastic quarterback, but yeah, inopportune interceptions. Okay. Yeah. Are you just not following up? I'm like no, waiting for no, you to come no, in. No, 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 no. I'm following. I'm, I'm, I'm following. I'm just, you're giving good analysis. There's not really much more I can add. Oh, well, thank you. You're thank welcome. you. Bills at Cardinals. Now, this one I can add a bunch to. Okay. Well, I'm taking Arizona. Two and a half point favorite. I'm going to take the over. It's 56. 
I know that's a lot. Big over. Biggest Big over. Big over. But that's going to hit in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, Kyler Murray is one of my fantasy quarterbacks. I think everything that they are doing is so wildly impressive. And the biggest thing for me right now is that Buffalo's defense, um, you know, it's not bend but do not break. And I know it's made you nervous on a number of different occasions, but they're averaging about four point six yards per carry and Kyler Murray is averaging just over seven so that's fine are you going to be able to contain him yeah yeah okay. I think so okay. I think they're athletic enough and uh, they always play with five DBs on the field yep. which is a you know a, not necessarily a McDermott staple it's just something that he's been able to do I think it's something that he's wanted to do uh, now that the, the league's moving past heavy I like Buffalo money line here for obvious reasons, I'm not going to not bet on my team. And I think that Josh Allen can outduel Kyler Murray. Okay. Yeah. Because he's just got more weapons. You know, he's got Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley. Showed Who, up I was week. literally just about to ask you who's the number one receiver in oh, your Stephane mind? That's Diggs. really, no, Stephane. but that just really wildly impressed you. Stefan Diggs. I didn't think he was as good as he is, but he's yeah. just high stepping his way all over the he field. He's so. He's so good at in and out of breaks. You know, he creates separation when there shouldn't be any separation. And Josh Allen, for he was a fifty-eight percent passer for two years. Mm-hmm. He's up to sixty-eight percent. Wow! I know. Wow! Wow! They say that you can't coach up accuracy, but maybe it's just a matter of having playmakers out there. I couldn't agree more. And guess what? Stephon Diggs went to Maryland. Who did you guys get in that trade? Or who did you give up? Was uh, it, it, was it was draft a, It was draft compensation, a right? A couple of first. Either two firsts or one first. I think it was just one first. One first, yeah. The only guy that got two firsts is Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey got two. I, yeah. Amari Cooper got two, two. as well. Yeah, because they, you know. Or not, he didn't get two. The Raiders got the two. The Raiders, yeah, of course. Let's go to that game, though. <sighs> wow, great transition so here. The Broncos at the Raiders. Um, Vegas is a four point favorite. The over under is, yeah, you're shaking your head. Yeah, nah, I don't like, I, I like I, Denver Broncos, a lot. Yeah. I, pound Denver. Pound Denver. Oh, At least man. plus four. Cause I, I think they'll be within four. Uh, Las Vegas is just fake. They're not good. They're I, good. I know. I, I completely agree. And I know that Greg was saying stuff about, you know, the Raiders, really going for the run game. They want to establish the run to do the pass. They might be the only team in the NFL that's doing that. Setting Denver can stop the run. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Denver and Drew Locke, they impressed me when they played the Patriots. They made the Patriots look absolutely miserable. And, you know, what else is new? Yeah, I think an X factor could be uh, Jerry Judy's questionable. He, he's had a case of the drops this season, though, man. Yeah. He's one, I'd say, like one player that came out of college that I was really disappointed in. Well, you know who I'm super excited for is CeeDee Lamb. I mean, CeeDee Lamb is like... He, he had an now, unbelievable So game. he's now like one of the guys on my fantasy team I got to play. He's like a must-play every Sunday. He's, out of all the speedsters, I think that he was the least appreciated, and he's actually the best talent. I think he's just more complete, and he had uh, professional-level coaching in Oklahoma. I mean, on offense, they run... Uh, a, a pretty similar scheme to what a lot of spread teams in the NFL are running. So you just came prepared. And mm-hmm. it helps when you have Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, uh, throwing you the football. Really, really helps. Dolphins and Chargers. This game is in Miami. I'm really high on the Miami Dolphins right I'm not, now. I'm not. See, I am. I, I think that, you know, again, their points differential. I think that what Tua Tungavailoa is doing down there with their defense is pretty defen- decent. 
Uh, Devontae Parker is having another stellar season. I think that they're hitting their stride at the right time, and I think it's it's worrying a lot of people across the league. You know, he's 2-0, and and it, this is going to be a matchup to see for many years to come. Justin Herbert and Tua. Um, but, I mean, you got you got to take into consideration the last second. They've lost on the last fucking play of the game, the last two weeks in a row. That I, Herbert's, he's cursed. And I don't think the game against Miami, he's going to turn it around against a gimme team. It's definitely not going to be the Dolphins. I'm taking the Dolphins. They're one-point favorites. Um, and I'm going to take the over because fuck it. It's 48 and a half. It's not that many points. Yeah. Uh, and both teams throw the ball a bunch. Uh, Tua's, like uh, 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 Greg was saying, Tua's a timing guy. Herbert reminds me a lot of Josh Allen. Yeah, how? He's tall. Oh, tall, rock, tall, tall, tall like rocket tall arm. Tall gunslinger? Tall rocket arm, looks good in shorts. Okay. All the above. All right. I mean, uh, Miami, uh, their defense is going to be what's carry, what is going to be what carries them through the rest of the season into the postseason if they get there. They might sneak in as the, the seventh team there but i'm not drinking the kool-aid on the dolphins i am and i know that our guest coming up joy taylor after this after we do all of our picks she is uh the biggest kool-aid drinker of the miami dolphins and um sorry she is the biggest kool-aid drinker she is the biggest kool-aid drinker of the miami dolphins i just have the faith also too all six of the Chargers' losses this season have been one-score games. Tied for the most such losses within a team's first eight games in NFL franchise history, per Elias. Tied with the 44 Brooklyn Tigers, the 83 Buccaneers, and the 2015 Baltimore Ravens. I forgot that Baltimore moved in 2015. Oh, 2015? The first eight games in NFL within the first... Oh... Okay, okay. I thought that they were talking about a first fran- the franchise's first game. Sorry, I read that wrong. That was confusing. All right. No, I just was thinking I was reading it wrong. I don't know. Maybe my brain's twisted today. Seahawks at Rams. Uh, the Rams are a two-point favorite. And I'm going to take the Seahawks. And the over, it's 54 and a half. I think the Rams, just because of defense. A okay. sprinkle of defense in that game will go a long way. 54 and a half points is a lot. Yeah, I'll take the Rams. I don't know if I'll bet the Rams, but yeah, I'll take the Rams. Kind of a, it kind of is, it's, it's another one of those not really going to touch it. Yeah. With a 10 well, I mean, here's the thing for the Seahawks. This is a really important game for them to start separating themselves. This team, you know, they're 6-2. and two. They're playing the Rams at 5-3. and three. they got to start separating themselves um, in the NFC. So. And from Arizona, too. Yeah. So, you know, this is an important game. I'm taking I'm taking um, Mr. Unlimited and the Seahawks. This is such a fucking weird video. The weirdest, weirdest video ever. 49ers at Saints. This might be uh, the biggest gimme of all of them. I'm taking uh, New Orleans. They're minus 10. I'm taking New Orleans with the points. And the over is 49. That's kind of a low over. Yeah, just I, I think well, all because all, all because the 49ers are going to Yeah, San Francisco is probably going to turn the ball, ball over three or four times. Uh I'd still Michael I'd, Thomas I'd, is back. Yeah, Michael Thomas is back and playing well, and I think he'll have a big game, but I would still buy a half a point. The 10, I just don't like double digit spreads right now, especially in the NFL, it's fucking crazy. Do you know what's so depressing? What's that? Is that the 49ers have more wins than the Patriots right now? 
Well, they're four and five. They also have head to head against the Patriots too. Oh, yikes! What yikes. a game that was. Bengals at the Steelers. Um, this actually, I mean, come on now. The Steelers are pretty much unstoppable. Ben, Big Ben, everyone's saying, oh, is Big Ben going to play? Is he not going to play? Dude, that guy's a warrior. And they, they, how many times, I think there was a photo that I saw on Instagram or so or Twitter or one of them, where Ben is literally like strapped with ice like on every inch of his body and extremity, and he still played. I'm taking the Steelers with this one, uh, with the points. I'm gonna ben, take Bengals, the I'm gonna take the under. Ben, I don't know. Bengals plus seven and a half. No. Yeah. yeah. Bengals plus seven and a half. Wait, well, seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason why? Oh, is, that's your that's your big dog of the week. Yeah, that's my big dog. And the reason why is because Cincinnati's pretty much played everybody tough, and uh, they haven't gotten everybody's best shot when they have played against teams. I, I, they've covered just games that they had no business covering, and I think they'll do that again this week. Uh, Pittsburgh has no reason to have their foot on the gas pedal the entire game. I think they'll start slow. Uh, this would be one I'd probably look at the first half spread and take Cincinnati too. Uh, I like this game a lot. Okay. Yeah. I think that Burrow is going to get steamrolled by the, by the, the Steelers defense. Yeah. We'll see what I happens. Think he, I we'll think he's going to be hampered. I think he's going to, this is going to be one of those where they're just going to pummel the pocket and that guy's going to be, you're going to have a dirty ass Jersey at the end of the day. Ravens and Patriots. I don't even want to touch this. This is just bullshit. All um, right. That's fine. Ravens, first half Ravens. Ravens, Ravens for game. Ravens. Ravens yeah. in the morning. Ravens, Ravens for breakfast. Life. Ravens for lunch. Ravens at night. Actually, um, yeah, Ravens. But the, the over-under the, is pretty low. 43.43 and a half. The Patriots put up 30 points for like the first time in fucking eons on Monday. You want to hear a stat? What? Pats have been a, uh, a home dog three times in the last 15 seasons, and they've won all three outright. Oh, wow. Three times. Oh. But you, you know what's different about this season than the last 15? Um, there's not a guy who's 6'5 and super handsome. Yeah. With a brand and eats avocado ice cream. Yeah, I yeah, figure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that trend's going to change. It's so crazy because They're honestly- going to get fucking smacked, dude. They're going to get smacked in the mouth over and over and over and over and over again. That's a can't lose right there, Baltimore. That's a can't lose pick. Yeah, Vikings at one. Bears. I think this is what is Bears. this the last one? Bears. Yes, Bears. Bears. Kirk Cousin has never won a Monday night game. Well, it's at the Bears as well. Yeah. Matt Nagy, I think, with what he has done, you know, I mean, they have one of the league's worst offenses. Well, it has to. They used to have one of the league's league's worst worst offenses, but the way he's basically steadied the ship with Mitch Trubisky, and again, that's that to know he's four and zero. Against the Vikings, I don't know. I mean, I, they got to stop Dalvin Cook at some point. He's not going to be running away with the league, you know, rushing title. Well, he can't. But I think he's going to run into the same issue that a lot of teams have had against Chicago and the fact that they have Khalil Mack and the rest of the league doesn't. Yeah, exactly. So You um, can't run to one side of the field because big 52's over there. Yeah. So the Minnesota is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking the Bears and the over. The over is four. It's the over-under is 43. Yeah, I mean, I, let's just take all the overs. Uh, cheer for points. I, I, who, who fucking bets to watch? You know, I, I if I who, like who who, who bets? Che- yeah, who literally cheers for like no who points? sits there and he's like, and they're like, I'm just definitely gonna take the under on you know, this. The game. same guys who like complimentary football and like the I formation and keep their socks uh, really high and they iron their socks in their underwear and they live with their parents. I don't iron anything. I, I shit. I know that. Yeah. Well, on that note, 
Those are our picks for the week. Oh, sorry. Bonus picks. Bonus picks. Bonus picks. Bonus. Um, so as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we lost a lot of legends this year, this week, actually. It's crazy. Um, it's just been, a, a, you know, a day after day, just another very famous person died. And obviously Alex Trebek. That was the devastating news at the beginning of the week where he lost his battle with pancreatic cancer. Canadian I, hero. We'll miss you, Alex Trebek. But there are some betting odds right now. Bovada has some odds on who will be the next host of Jeopardy. I know. This is crazy because George Stephanopoulos, who was Clinton's White House advisor and obviously now of television fame, and obviously he's a big guy on MSNBC, and he's very proper. He's going hard after this job. Maybe local news or national news is just not cutting it for him anymore. So um, he's on this list. A lot of people find that it's just absolute bullshit if he actually got it. Um, so yeah, here. Here are the odds. <laughs> this is crazy. Okay, we're going to start with... Um, should we start with the favorites or should we start with... Um, we'll start with plus 2200, Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Not a shot. No Do chance. you think that he would leave? I think he, he makes would, it like wouldn't, it wouldn't be leaving. He sixteen be, million a year or something nah, stupid. His, his agent put out a fake number. He doesn't make that much money, dude. I mean, but that's it was just so the, he could. It was so he could get a new contract that was that was relatively high. I, who like, still uh, listens? That number. Who still listens to no, Howard Stern? Not not many people. That's why he's changed. He's changed. I, I don't. I mean, yeah. So in the onset of the, the Joe Rogan being the number one podcast, like who? Literally, who the fuck listens? If anyone wants porn, they can just go on OnlyFans. You know. I suppose, but he's he's not like that shock jockey anymore. He's relatively tame compared to what he used to be. Okay. I don't think he's going to be it. Pat Zajac plus Pat, 1,800. Pat Zajac of Wheel of Fortune. You said Zajac. Uh, that's how I'm used to hearing it. Oh. <laughs> Why? Is that a, is that a, a French I, I know, version I, of Pat Zajac? Well, no, I know a Zajac. I know a, a Zajac okay, spelled okay, the same way. All right. So uh, Pat Zajac. This, this pick right here. I would, um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson plus Who 1,400. Is that? Who the is smartest that? man alive. Who? Uh, have you seen Cosmos? No. On Netflix. Nope. He's a uh, an astronomer, uh, uh, physicist. Is he good looking? I mean, that's his. He, he's he's. I mean, I'm not gonna. Uh, I feel like the guy who fills in for Alex Trebek he's has just to a be. Guy. No, he has to Why be does he like have to at be least good looking. No, but he's got to be like uh, something. I mean, Alex Trebek was a great he looking just has guy. To be smart. He has to be smart and well spoken and like not fuck up ever. If you saw Neil deGrasse Tyson and heard him speak, you would love that. George Stephanopoulos, get the fuck out of here. He's plus 1,200 um, for, you know, being the next host of Jeopardy. Again, we just talked about that. Tom Bergeron at plus 1,000. So there's no two of them at the same is. time. I have no idea who that is. But he's tied with Anderson Cooper is also plus 1,000. Not, not a chance. Who is this? Who is this? Uh, Laura, Laura Coates. Laura Coates. I, I, the name looks super familiar. I don't know. But I will tell you this guy, Alex Faust. At plus 850? No. I, this is idea. a name. I don't know who that is. No. So he is the Kings, the LA Kings broadcaster. What? And he's young, good looking guy, dark hair. He is actually a name that I have heard a lot, a lot over the last month. Even when filling in for Doc Emmerich, that's when I first heard about him. Doc Emmerich retiring from NBC. His name was brought up. Apparently he's a He's a wildly talented broadcaster, and he's young. So I don't know. If Alex Faust gets offered the job to fill in on playoff hockey games on NBC, I'm pretty sure he would take that over filling in for the next host of Jeopardy. This is the only correct answer for me of this list. Ken Jennings, the man who won more games on Jeopardy than anyone imaginable, 
I yeah, pound this one plus twenty two plus two hundred twenty five. Yeah, I mean, you can't really say much more about Ken Jennings. Not the all time money winner though. Oh, who is the all time money winner? Uh, I have no idea what his name is, but I just know that he's second. That's a fun, a little fun fact. Oh no, he's third because there's that. That uh, Jeopardy James was the phenomenon last year. Yeah, and then like, why? What did? What do you think they did? Before Ken Jennings, there was a guy. I feel like they just doubled the pot. Do you know what I mean? I feel like they just like offered more money. Well, no, it was he. He uh, won the majority of his money in like the uh, the celebrity or or champions tournaments. Oh, okay. They'll bring back people. Yeah, this guy won a bunch of champions tournaments. So that's probably why he's. I'm gonna look up his name right now. It's gonna kill me who is labar burton so he's the number one I'll favorite look that right up now. too plus look. 175 oh he's an american actor labar burton. burton let's see what he was in okay he's Pull up the- oh he's best known for being uh uh jordy lafarge laforge in uh, star trek next generation oh okay yeah so he's like a sci-fi geek well that's what i feel Neil like grass tyson is too. do do are they going to like put this out for like America to decide? I feel like if they just make a decision, an executive decision on who's going to fill in for, you know, the late Alex Trebek, it's going to cause people are going to riot if they don't like the guy. Yeah. I mean, but who really, who or, really? or, or do you think it would be more of a situation? Like it'd be the same as like price is right. Oh. Or family feud. I mean, there, yeah, there have been a I ton mean, of games those, that have, yeah. that have well, oh, changed hands. That, who was the guy with the glasses that filled in? Um, uh, Drew Carey. Yeah, I mean, he's no Bob Barker, but price, exactly. The price is right. But he's all right. Price is right. Yeah, he's all right. Man, we lost Regis Philbin yeah. this year too. Yeah, we we've been losing all the OGs, oh. all, all the TV the, OGs. The only one, and I'll say this before we hit Joy Taylor, dude. I saw Betty White was on this list at one point. Nah, what? she's still going. Dude, right? first of all, she's literally still alive. Yeah. Betty White is still alive. She's ninety eight years old. Um. Why the fuck would you have someone that's gonna die in a couple years? Like yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because that was just the dumbest thing I've a bunch. Who like who the hell makes up these these ideas? I don't know. I think at, at the um, it was like the Emmys or the Golden Globes. One of them, uh, they put somebody up on the in memoriam who was still alive. You know oh. how they go through. I think that was the Oscars. It was the Oscars. So excellent. They, yeah, it's kind of like my mother with this like this nose doctor that I was trying to find. I was walking around. She's like, "Oh yeah, the guy who did your nose years ago, he's dead." And I was like telling people that he's dead, and he's not, dead. and he was not dead. <laughs> and I literally, I was like screaming. My mother, I'm like, "How can you do that?" Like, mom, mom oh, she goes, why'd you kill the nose? She doctor? literally goes. She literally goes. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's still alive. And I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm literally calling all these offices. I'm like, "Yeah, Doctor Vermelli, he's dead." Like, obits. I need a new. I need a new one. Oh, you needed to get the obit. She messaged me and she's like, "Oh yeah, wait. Oh, sorry. His wife died." So, so like, I was like, "Dude, I called the guy." That's such and a so parent I go, mistake. I go. I just talked to him. She goes, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Yeah." Oops. That's, that's such a parent mistake to like kill the wrong person. Oh my god. You know? Yeah. Seriously. Oops. Whoops. All right, everyone. Joy Taylor. What up? What up? What up? oh this one's long overdue long overdue my girl joy taylor our time in miami is finally here both of our podcasts actually true story right before i moved home to boston from la we have like a long long talk the day before i came home and you looked me straight in the face um and you were like listen court you have to start your own podcast like you have to go solo start your own podcast 
get the whole idea started for a, basically a TV show that's based in radio. This podcast is the culmination of everything that you advised me to do. So Joy, I wouldn't be here without you. <laughs> yes, you would, but I'm very proud of you. All right, let's get to some football stuff. Antonio Brown, and I remember that I you I came on your show a couple of months, well, almost a year ago, and you said, do you think Antonio Brown's going to come back to the Patriots? And what did I say to you? Hell no. I said, there's <laughs> no way in hell. There's no way in hell. And man, I don't know. This guy has been out of football for about two years. And my thought on Antonio Brown was, mm, if he really loves the game of football and he really bought into um, the new life mindset that Tony Robbins is setting up for him, um, if he really felt the need to come back to the game, which he once loved, then he would have done it a lot sooner and straightened his act out. But are we really surprised? Are we really going to be surprised? When Antonio Brown does little to nothing to help the, in the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks season. No. Joy, I'll start with you. <laughs> no, I have no expectations of the situation. I haven't, I really don't have a strong opinion about it because, yeah. uh, you know, I have to separate art from artists in this business. Uh, it used to be more difficult for me to do, but it's just, you got to talk about people despite what you think about them personally or what they're involved in. Um, obviously, at some point or another, it becomes too much. But Antonio Brown is back in the league, so obviously it's not too much. I thought mm -hmm. I would be back in the league. Um, I really felt like he only had two options, which was Seattle and Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to your point, he hasn't played football in a long time. And I, based off of the information, the abundance of information that we have, it's not going to work. Yeah. But that, but do I think it won't work? I don't know. Maybe it will. Yeah. If it doesn't work, I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah. I'm not going to be appalled. Uh, I, I, I think it's all on Brady. Like Bruce Arians tried to come out and say that like it was, it was his choice and it was the... Like, come on. He's living in his yeah. house. It was obviously yeah. Brady who pushed for Antonio Brown. And look, they don't need him, but they did have a lot of injuries at their skill positions. So mm -hmm. it can't it can't hurt to have another wide receiver, but it's not just any wide receiver, it's Antonio Brown. Yeah. So go sideways for him personally or off the field or in any capacity uh regarding that. I'm not gonna be surprised. If he doesn't contribute, I won't be surprised either because he hasn't yeah. played football in a while and he's in a new system with new, a new environment and it takes some time to adjust to that. It's a, it's a whole new world with everything that's going on with COVID. So it's mm -hmm. not even a regular season. There's a whole added stressor of that um, that everyone's dealing with. So yeah, I, I don't, I just don't have an opinion either way. If it works, okay. If it doesn't work, not shocked. It just, yeah. It just kind of is what it is. Like Brady clearly has an affinity for this man. And clearly that's an understatement. It, it, that's know. the problem. Here's the problem that I have with Tom Brady being Tampa Bay and just calling the shots. So he's wanted Antonio Brown clearly since he went and got and signed with them in mid to late March. Okay. Well, he wants to pick and choose his wide receivers. It's like the spoiled little boy in the toy toy store. He wants all of the toys. He's rich and privileged, and he wants just about everything. 
Well, if I was one of the wide receivers or a skill position player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'd be like, what the hell is going on? Like, why do you need more people involved in a single offense when clearly it's going to be those one or two guys that have, um, you know, rapport with Brady. For example, Scotty Miller's never going to be out of the system because Brady loves that little guy. Um, now, if if they fail in, in Tampa because they have all of the added toys, we saw what happened last night, you know, um, Tom Brady, at least at this point of the season, continues to impress a lot of people. But, you know, the loss that's felt in the AFC East – I mean, I think a lot of people are rejoicing, especially for you, um, being down there in a Miami Dolphins fan. Um, what is your honest opinion? And I will say honest because, you know, it's going to be with a twinge of slight disrespect because you watched that man for 20 years take over the AFC East and dominate the way he did, and now he's out. So what is your honest assessment or opinion of Brady being in a new team and a new system at the age of 43? Is he doing well or, you know, or is, is he living up to the expectations or what are your thoughts? I'll just say. Last night aside, which was just an unmitigated disaster as the worst yeah. career. Um, I think you can throw out to use a, a Colin uh, phrase. You can throw out your worst game and your best game. Yeah. whatever is left is what you are. Yeah. Uh, I think from that standard, yeah, he is, he is overachieving from what I thought he was. I didn't think he fell off a cliff or anything last year, but I didn't, I didn't know what to necessarily expect. And to, to put it in perspective, I think I thought before the season and said this, we need to give any team that has a new head coach or a new quarterback uh, just a little more space to, mm-hmm. you know, we're usually very impatient with teams. We usually pounce on them if they don't have a good start. And, you know, there are, this is like, you look at the Giants, you look at Matt Rule and the Panthers, you look at the Dolphins with uh, Fitzpatrick and Tua, yeah, sure. um, you know, and, and the Buccaneers, you have Tom Brady in a new system after 20 years in a new yeah. state, like a new environment entirely. Uh, they might not get rolling that soon, especially with no preseason and a, sh- a COVID shortened off season. So from that perspective, I think they've done an amazing job. And yeah. if you look at what the Bucks were last year, this makes sense because Jameis Winston can be a very highly productive quarterback, but he also has an obscene amount of turnovers. And that's mm-hmm. not what Tom Brady generally does. Now, again, take that game aside. And he has been a little bit m- more messy than he usually is. But I also think that has to do with the team. Like P- Tampa Bay is not the Patriots. The Patriots, well, you know what the Patriots are, right? The Patriots don't yeah. themselves. They don't turn the ball over. They don't make stupid mistakes. They don't make stupid penalties. That's not what the Patriots do. Now the Patriots yeah. here obviously are in a completely different space. But they still haven't done what you just said. Yeah, you know? they're not, they're not having no ball over. Still haven't in those few games that they have. It's just yeah. obviously the cam turnover aside uh, at the end of the Bills game. For the most part, they're not doing that still. So it's just not the culture and the style of ball that they play. Uh, Tampa's a little bit more loose, and so you've seen some of that. But yeah, I think overall he has he's overachieved to me. Now, yeah. how what will happen? Like I, they are definitely contenders. Yeah, but it's just going to come down to are you going to it just felt kind of like they were just forcing things. 
I listen, the Saints are the Saints are a better team than we've been getting them credit for. Yep, I, I agree. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl this year for the NFC. Um, you, you don't want to lose like that to a division opponent, and they lost them twice. So, like that's that's rough, and I think it's telling. I think it's yeah. telling because the Saints are a team that's really put together. They're returning the same coach, the same quarterback, and when you go up against a team like that, you you can't make those kind of mistakes. They're going to yeah. take advantage of it, no matter what kind of state that they're in. So. Overall, I think he's overachieving. I couldn't agree more. I do. And I think that the the vacillation between the national media and the local media and all the Patriots fans that continue to support Tom Brady on a daily basis, whether or not they changed their affiliations uh, when he went down to Tampa, I feel like, you know, it, it just it changes on a week-to-week basis, which I, I just don't think that anyone can really judge how Tom Brady is doing on a week-to-week basis until we we get out of the season. Because it's all of a sudden today, when we wake up in this morning, Tom Brady having the worst game of his entire career, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, you know, doom and gloom disaster. Oh my God, here we go again. Bruce Arians calling him out. Antonio Brown was open on a bunch of plays. Tom didn't see him. You know, you can't really judge um, based on the numbers week to week because yeah, guess what? We're halfway through the season and you know, it really depends on what happens in the second half of the season. Because if we remember quite quite clearly last year, Tom Brady went eight and zero, and then he went four and five, and then they lost in the divisional round to the Titans. So <clears throat> I have to agree with you there. Excuse me, but um, I have to switch gears a little bit um, to the guy who replaced Tom Brady, big shoes to fill. And I think I will be the first person to admit, I never thought in a million years Cam Newton would be a fit for the Patriots. And Cam has surprised a lot of people in this region um, just based on um, just his character, high character, much higher character, I would say, in front of the media than a lot of people compared to uh, Tom Brady last year. I feel like Tom Brady was viewed as just kind of this whiny little little boy didn't, you know, bitching, complaining on, you know, on the podium last year, didn't really take a lot of his lumps properly. A lot of fights behind the scenes. What has been at least your first half assessment about how Cam has fit into this offense and how do you see it going over the next couple of games? I would say, I'm not going to judge from the second half of the season, but do you think Cam will bounce back for the Patriots? Um, Well, I think they went tonight. Who are their next two games? Um, 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 I think they've got Baltimore coming up. Give me a second. New England's uh, schedule. And I did want to do this with you. Yeah, Ravens, exactly. Baltimore and then the Texans. So you're going to lose against. Yeah, I mean, I think think they lose to the Ravens. I think they beat the Jets. They lose to the Ravens. Uh, the The Texans can put up points, but they're still the Texans. I think overall Cam has Cam has impressed me in that he has been he's kind of adapted to the Patriot way. Um but, oh, still, yep. but still maintains his Camness. And I'm I'm a Cam Newton fan. Like I first of all, I I like stars. I like Odell. Yeah. I like Cam. Yeah. Uh, I like Baker. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that Baker's going to be a franchise quarterback moving forward, but I like personalities because I'm in an interesting business. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's not going to be Russell Wilson. Everyone's not going to be Tom Brady. 
Everyone's not going to be Joe Montana. Like everybody has a different personality. And I'm glad that the league is finally moving in the direction of let's just, let's let people be who they are. Like, let's just let, let's let people a little bit of personality, just a little sprinkle so we can have some fun while we're watching this game that we're playing. Right. So I think Cam has, I would not have expected, I'm with you, that he would have fit the way that he did kind of right away in the Patriots way, but he did kept his Camness and he is the best player they have on offense. So whatever's happening with the Patriots this year is not surprising to me because what did you expect from the Patriots this year? Like I I remember they were trying to pitch us on this Jarrett Stidham situation. Like, okay. Like a lot of people bought into that garbage. I got to tell you, don't expect me to believe that. Right. Like, no, uh, that's unbelievable that you're trying to pitch me that Jarrett Sidham is the future of the New England Patriots. Obviously it wasn't. Um, and that's not just respect to Jarrett Sidham, but like, come on, we, we've never even heard of you before. And now yeah. and you're, you're replacing Tom Brady, uh, which is a hard thing to do. But I also think uh, the Patriots fan base is a very intelligent fan base. And while you guys have a lot of pride, um, I don't think you're delusional, like that you thought that this was going to be like this. You guys are just going to go back to the Super Bowl again this year. Listen, uh, there were a lot of people, and I got to say, so, so from the local level to the media level, that predicted 12 or more wins for this team. And it got to the, oh, yeah, it got to the point that, you know, some of these people who I admired that were from the fan bases. I, I couldn't, I couldn't pay attention anymore. I couldn't listen to them. I had to mute their accounts. Um, there is a level of delusion that lives no. in this fan base. No, I mean, I'm, and I'm telling you, and it's not so much that it's so much so that the, the information that comes out of one Patriot place is so few and far between. That's what's actually accurate. Now, if someone whispers and says that Jared Stidham, He's, you know, they really like his work ethic and the kid shows up to work. Well, that's great. Does that mean that you're going to be good under pressure and, and you know, saying that? On, on two and eight? I don't we know. We literally talked about it on the show the exact same way. I was like, so you're telling me that you like him because he shows up for work? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I think. It, it, thank you. Because that's, oh, and that's an original thought. I didn't even listen to your show, Joy, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, I was just saying you're right. Like. What does that even mean? You're showing up. So he shows up for work. Like, is that like the literal bare minimum (laughs) that you're supposed to do? Like you show up for work and I'm not, I'm not attacking his character. I'm sure he's great. I'm just saying I've never heard of this dude before. And now all of a sudden he's the future of the new England Patriots based off what? Like, yeah, because, because, because joy, here's the, here's the thing. They used high draft capital on a kid named Jared Stidham is a fourth round pick. Well, Bill Belichick had a couple of chances, more than one opportunity to take a quarterback in this quarterback, rough, robust draft. Jordan love. He could have taken a bunch of these guys. I'm not saying he's going to get a talent like Justin Herbert who went 10th overall, the chargers, but there were a lot of people that were demanding that he take some sort of quarterback talent and bill passed. And so they said, you know what, if, if Belichick decides that the draft capital that he has, that he would rather go out and spend back-to-back pits on someone named Devin Asiasi now on injured reserve or Dalton Keene back-to-back tight ends who both have done absolutely nothing for the Patriots as has gone from bad to worse. So Everyone immediately assumes, listen, maybe Jared Stidham is really the guy. 
maybe he's really the guy. And only until Jared Sidham bowed out at the end of, you know, the spring practices or, you know, and just kind of disappeared as Tom Brady's stock started to grow down in Tampa, did they finally call in a guy named Cam Newton? So my problem with Cam Newton, um, at least early in the season, and it doesn't have anything really to do with Cam Newton personally, it has a lot to do with the quarterback system and Josh McDaniels. And a lot of people actually are comparing Josh McDaniels to Adam Gase because of the way that he's left. I know he didn't do anything. Gase, Gase was working with Peyton Manning. Gase had done very well with Peyton Manning. After Peyton Manning has not done well, has not done a single thing as an as a as a head coach in Miami or with the New York Jets. Now, as much as a big big pill as that is to swallow, for at least for me, um, covering this team for as many years as I did, don't you think that Josh McDaniels is trying to make Cam Newton into something that he's not? Have you not seen? Um, kind of a change in the guard and the way that they've been calling plays for Cam, forcing him to step back in the pocket and go through read progressions and survey the field and throw the ball around. That's not really Cam's game. Are you, are you surprised at how much he struggled just based on the play calling? Because that's a huge thing. Why are you going to try to take Cam Newton out of his game where traditionally RPOs and runs have created a lot of success for him? Late in the season. Well, I thought the first game of the season where we saw Cam running around was like a good sign. I think that's why we were all, we were all like, oh, maybe this was like a, an amazing idea. Yeah. Uh, because to your point, everyone was like, Cam's not a fit in New England, like personality-wise or stylistically. Mm-hmm. This doesn't fit. But then the game one, we were like, oh, so they're going to yeah. change. They're going to adapt to Cam. I do think there's a couple things in play. One, obviously, the New England system is not the easiest to learn. Yeah. And I think Cam is completely dedicated. I'm not saying like he's not he's not uh, able to learn it or whatever. Because that was the other thing. Like, oh, like, is Cam being able to pick it up? Like, I think he is. But mm-hmm. it's a different style for him, obviously. The other thing is they don't have any weapons at all. Yeah. So it's they're forcing him to throw to to not a high level of talent. So mm-hmm. that's also an issue. And, you know, their offensive line isn't the same. That's also an issue. Yeah. And I think that they don't want Cam to run that much because Cam has had injury issues before. And a lot yeah. of that is because he takes big hits and he runs a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think there's not one particular thing in play. Like, yes, there is something brewing to the Josh McDaniels thing. I think we, we can probably wait a little longer to make that assessment because it's only been Cameron. Yeah. So I don't want to jump straight from, you know, straight to Adam Gase might be a little extreme. I know. I mean, listen, I, I tweeted that and there was a guy named Dove Kleiman who was on the NFL. Um, he's on Twitter. And he was like, uh, you know, I looked at this a little closer and this is the tweet that I sent out because I looked at your tweet and he was comparing him to Adam Gase. And I was like, please, please, for the love of God, don't do that. Just don't do it because it's not right. And I just, whether or not it's accurate as much, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. He needs more time away from Tom Brady to make that assessment. We know he's not a head coach. And so we need some more time, you know, with a, with a quarterback that's going to be there in the system for a few years, I think, to make that assessment. Adam Gase, great to stay. 
it ain't it. It yeah. ain't not it. And 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 to your point earlier about the AFC East and what the what the Patriots are going to become for the rest of the season, I was really wrong about the Jets. Like I thought the Patriots were going to be the worst team in the AFC East. Mm-hmm. They're not far off, but I definitely thought the Jets were going to be better just based off the fact that they had Sam Darnold back. Like yeah, managed to do what they did last year with Sam Darnold having mono. I mean, he's not going to get the kissing disease this year. So like, yeah, he should be able to do more. And it's just been an a, a just absolute disaster. And he's been injured again, but um, to, so I think that the, the Patriots will do better than I thought they were going to yeah. do. And that's because of Cam. Yeah. The future of Cam is in New England. I don't know because it hasn't, mm-hmm. it hasn't been consistent from the beginning of the season until now. Again, I think we'll beat the Jets tonight. But they're going to lose to the Ravens. Texans can go either way, um, depending really on how the Texans play, because they can put up points. But I, I think it's going to be Bills, Dolphins uh, fighting for the, the top of the AFC East. And I, I don't know. how. I, now, the one thing I will say about Bill, Bill Belichick, and that's the reason why so many people, to your point, were saying that this is still a 12-win team or whatever. It's respect for Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Which but, like, also, we have ice. Okay, so yeah. we, can, you know, we can we see with this the roster. We're like we're looking at yeah. roster, like we're looking yeah. at so respect for Bill Belichick, I understand. My respect for Bill Belichick lies in what is the move this offseason. This season I knew it was gonna be an L. Tom Brady's gonna temporarily win this divorce. Just because he's going to a better team, mm-hmm. more weapons, he's gonna have yeah. more flexibility, like it's just a better situation for Tom at this point in his career mm-hmm. than the Patriots were. Now, what's be- what Belichick has up his uh, his hoodie is what I'm interested in because it's never what it seems, right? It's never this whatever yeah. surface you got to go a level deeper with him. So I don't know what his his master- masterful evil plan is, but that's what I'm paying attention to. Like whatever he does this off season, whatever he's like cooking up is what I'm concerned about, not what he's doing this year. Uh, you and I talk about the evil darkness connection. Sage the entire facility. Who? To, let's ask which Joy Taylor. You know, listen. You like you like to uh, to to bless some bless some people and clear the air and the energy on others. Which facility do we need to sage this week? Oh, the Chargers. I mean, poor Chargers. Poor Justin Herbert. I feel bad for Anthony Lynn. They are like the new Falcons, just not as dramatic. Like how? How do you I understand? Every that. Week it's the last play. Like, yeah, it's wild. It's not even like the Falcons where the like the Falcons will blow leads. Chargers will play great games and then it's just just blow it on like yeah. or this last second call. Like it's they just can't get right. They need, yeah, like they need some some sage, you know, burn a little incense, put some salt on the corner. You know what I mean, we need to charge your crystals up or something. Something's up. It's too much. It's too much. I really like Anthony Lynn, and I I like the Chargers. Yeah, oh, I hope they're going to be a playoff team this year, but they can't can't get right. Well, there's a bunch of um, five and three teams right now. Um, as you said, you know, there's going to be a battle for that AFC East crown between the Bills and the Dolphins because we all know the Patriots are out of it. Oh, yeah, it makes you happy. But of the wild card teams, listen, I don't know. The Patriots could still slide in. The Dolphins have a pretty, pretty tough schedule at the end of – I mean, you're laughing, but I'm telling you, the Dolphins have a very, very difficult schedule. 
Um, At the end of this, all right, you want to play this game? We can play this game. Yeah, let's play. Let's play win loss. Let's okay. play win loss. All right, let's see. Miami uh, Dolphins. All right, Patriots news. No. All right, let's get this up. All right, so they got the Chargers next week. Okay, that is. And that's uh, that could be. Listen, I mean, I don't know. That could be. I could go. That could go either way. Either way. I think they beat the Broncos. They beat the Jets. Oh, that could be the swing game, though. I'm telling you, Broncos is always the swing game. I, I would have a one and one after that. Okay. I think they. I think let's let's say they lose to the to the Chargers or the Broncos. Yep. Right? They're gonna go. They're gonna go two and one in their next three games. Mm-hmm. Then they have the Bengals, the Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, and Bills. So I'm gonna say they beat the Bengals. Lose to the Chiefs. Lose, lose, lose. They can go on four. Beat the Patriots, beat the Raiders, beat the Bills. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm saying 0-4 oh, at the end of that. I'm, I'm no not way. kidding. No Chiefs, oh, lose to the Patriots. School. So if the Patriots beat the Dolphins know. right there, then that's a switch. Then How the Patriots are back. The Patriots? I mean, I because Brian Flores. Listen, I'm just I'm telling you. The, the We were talking about the Texans. You know who the head coaches are right now is Romeo Cornell. Yeah. So any of the schemes that, you know, as much as all of the Belichick coaching tree, I mean, you say Belichick coaching tree, you're instantly cursed. So, I mean, I'm going to let some say. I think Brian Flores is going to be the one that breaks that curse. I agree. He's got it together. He's running a tight ship. I agree. And I also think I said on the show, I said Mike Vrabel is the best coach, coaching mind to come out of the Patriots Belichick coaching tree. I, I'm, I'm not even skeptical of Joe Judge because I don't really no, like, I don't really like that raw raw uh, run through a wall stuff. Yeah, that that macho guy. You're not, stuff. A, you're not a Pete Carroll guy. Um, yeah, no, I like Pete Carroll, but I just think I like the making the the, the coaches run laps and stuff. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, I get it. You're trying to like establish a culture of responsibility, but they see, but the Giants seem to be buying into it, and they play hard. They barely the last year, so I think Joe Judge is is seems to have it together in in New York also. So uh, we'll see. It might turn around for the Belichick coaching tree uh, in, in the future. It's not been great. Not been great so far, but I just think you know proximity to genius doesn't make you a genius. Yeah, but you have a really good teacher. It's going to make you smarter. And I think that's why Andy Reid's coaching tree has been more successful because Andy Reid is a notorious teacher. He's a great coach, but he likes to teach. He Sorry, likes- are you saying that Bill Belichick is not as gracious into teaching his methods to his pupils? I think is that what you're saying is, yeah, I think he has a system. I think he has a way of doing things. And I think he's collaborative, obviously, and he delegates or he wouldn't be successful. But yeah. I think it's pretty obvious just based off of, you know, their personalities and the evidence that we have of success versus non-success from their coaching trees that Andy Reed has the ability to affect, you know, how you look at the game and how you create your own personality as a coach. Yeah. Right. A lot of Belichick coaches, it's kind of like, it's kind of like baby Belichick instead of I learned from this great teacher, but this is what I want to do. And a lot of coaches have said, like Eric Mangini has said, like when he started coaching, he was just trying to do what Belichick did when instead he should have taken like what he learned from Belichick and applied it in his own way. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, any of us, like if you have somebody that you work with who has a certain style that's very successful, you have a tendency to kind of, you know, morph that into what you do. 
when, and I think, you know, anybody you should be conscious of learn what people do that makes them successful and then apply it in your own style. So yeah. I think that's what, what Andy Reid and like really instills in his coaches and, and empowers them. And that's why he's had more success. It doesn't make Andy Reid a better coach than Bill Belichick. It's just a different way of approaching things. I agree. And that I, to that extent too, it's just like, you know, I just also think that anyone that wants to call Andy Reid and say, Hey man, you know, I'm having this situation or, you know, whether this player is trouble or this scheme. And I feel like, I mean, this is just assumption. I feel like Andy Reid would be more willing to sit down and explain. I feel like Bill is too often up against his former pupils. No, I feel like he's going head to head with either one of them. And it's just like, everyone wants to take Bill down. <laughs> well, right. Like that's how it goes. When you're the best, you get everybody's best shot. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, you know, you want to, you want to take down the greatest. If you want to, if you're going to get that mantle. Yeah. You gotta take so, it down. Speaking of the greatest. Um, what's your impressions or initial impressions of the uh, the early games, the two and zero Miami Dolphins under Tua Tungabailoa? I so, in all honesty, I liked Burrow more in the draft. Yeah, um, and I kind of had Herbert and Tua about the same, mm -hmm. only because of the injuries. Now, I liked Herbert a lot more than most people did coming into the draft because I really liked what I saw from him in the bowl game. So with college quarterbacks, um, I look for accuracy because mm -hmm. you have to throw people open in the NFL as opposed to mm -hmm. throwing receivers. So I think mm -hmm. how accurate you are in college is super important. And I want to see what you do in big spots where all the lights are on and the crowd and the pressure. How do you perform in those games? Like how many mm -hmm. games you win during the season and what your stats are other than how accurate you are? Okay, like most college systems, guys are going to put up decent numbers. Mm -hmm. but things that are that matter to me, uh, the most important thing. So obviously, Burrow crushed in every big test that he had, and he elevated that team. Mm -hmm. And you can now, obviously, they lost other pieces as well. But LSU is not good this year. Like, yeah, a place is after you leave kind of matters when you're yeah. in that role. Um, so I liked Burrow a lot. The thing with two that I didn't like was the injuries. Yeah. I think uh, availability is an ability. Like availability, yeah. skill. There's a reason why LeBron James is the greatest player in the league right now. He's never hurt. He's yeah. always available. He's always there in the big moments. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. Like these guys take excellent care of their bodies, and mm -hmm. through also some luck, they are always available. So somebody who's had multiple injuries makes me a little bit nervous, but. I didn't mind the pick for Miami. Like it was very obvious. Mm -hmm. to, uh, I think he fits Miami perfectly. His personality is perfect for this team. He's clearly a leader. He has great energy and he's good. Like if he's mm -hmm. able to there, we know what he's capable of because we saw it. And had he not gotten injured, he would have gone number one overall over Joe Burrow. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of how the season turned out because yeah. he's already a star and already had a huge potential. Um, so the injury changed things. So, I was excited that Miami took him and committed to him because they've obviously seen him over Herbert. And so it wasn't, no, it was no surprise to me that Herbert was doing well in, uh, I almost said San Diego with the, <laughs> with the LA. Oregon. Um, or but, Oregon. Oh, the LA Chargers. Oh, I thought you were talking about college. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised to is doing well. I think he, now listen, I, I thought they were very conservative with him, him in the first game, but so what? Like, you yeah, know, that was, that was definitely on Brian Flores. He even, he even spoke out and said, listen, like if that's my kid, I'm not just going to throw him out there just based on the injury history. But also, who cares if you if the defense is scoring and the special teams is scoring? You don't need them to go out there and throw thirty times and and possibly throw the game away. And it's for yeah. NFL star. Like who cares? Who, who cares? Yeah. You can win multiple ways. Even better. I love teams that can win multiple ways. Yeah, the offense defense has been playing amazing. Obviously, they need to improve their offensive line. And I think it did a nice job against the Cardinals, who don't have a bad defense. No, so, I, I was really impressed with Tua's. A, to his ability to escape when things got a little scary, because that's been mm-hmm. critiques of him is that he thinks he's more athletic and he has more escapability than he does. But I thought he was he was very uh, smooth and and moved through the pocket really well. I liked him, you know, throw when he was throwing downfield. He's obviously very accurate. Um, I think he just has it. He has he has what that thing that you're looking yeah. for for a starting quarterback. I know it's only been two games, but look, he didn't throw it away in the first game. And they needed him to make big plays in the second game, and he did against a, yeah. a, a good Arizona team and Kyler Murray, who played an amazing game himself. So yeah. I feel really, really good about it. I think it's a perfect match for Miami. I think the team loves him. I thought it was the exact perfect time to switch to him. I know Dolphins fans were freaking out about Fitzpatrick, yeah. which is just nonsense. Like you have a rookie quarterback that you took at the top of the draft. You have to find out what you have in him. Yeah. You know yeah, exactly. who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. So what if he gets you to the wild card or what you make the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Like, what did you accomplish? Yeah. Nothing. Like, okay, great. Congrats. Yeah. You get a cookie. Yeah. You're going to get yeah. that in the first round. And now what? Now, two is sat for an entire year. You don't know what you have in him. You're, you're too good to get another pick if it turns out that he is not what you're looking for. Yeah. So, uh, I thought it was the perfect time. Give him an extra two weeks before, during the bye before the Rams. And um, I think Brian Flores knows what he's doing. Like, yeah, I liked it. All right. I mean, I agree. Listen, I I'm, I'm rooting for the Miami dolphins as well, just because given how many players that we've kind of just shipped down there on a dime from the Patriots to the dolphins. Uh, it's a, it's a great system down there. Um, Last thing, I just want to uh, kind of let's do story time. Can we tell the story for everyone that does, doesn't know me and Joy? I mean, we go way back. We go way back since actually you has to had that hairstyle in Miami. Um, yeah, yeah, my hair media day, my the hair. same Pete Media Day photo. Yep. <laughs> and I'll post this picture. I mean, this was little me. It's like, hey, it's my first. Solo, solo go around for heat me, you know, interviewing all the players. And I mean, that's such a great photo. Um, so I mean, tell the story about when, so Joy had a decision to make well, right before she went uh, to Fox Sports in LA. And she's like, Cora, like, I need your opinion on a bunch of the stuff, you know, whether or not I stayed the ticket in Miami, you know, let's just, let's get some breakfast. And um, we, we sat down and, uh, you know, I looked at you straight in the face. You're like, should I stay for this? And I go, girl. Run for the hills. I was like, get out of Miami. You got to go. Um, but there's something that happened right after that, that that um, you brought this to my attention. You made me remind me, myself of it, of when your car got towed. Oh, my God. I'm like, I have no idea where Courtney is going with this. But I hope that we don't have to edit this out. 
because we have some of those stories too. But oh yeah, we got plenty of those stories. So, yeah, so we're having we're at uh, Icebox in Miami on South Beach. Yep. Um, having lunch, and we're there so long. My, so Miami is not South Beach specifically is notorious for for towing your car. Like they will tow oh. your car so quick. You will go in the store, come out, and that is gone. And so I come out. I'm like. I swear I parked my car here. And I'm looking around like, I know I parked my car on the street. So my car is not on the street. It is definitely gone. And I'm like, damn, they got me. So I call Courtney and I'm like, or maybe you were even still with me. I don't know. No, we're still with you. And then you, like, you, know, you, like, you were frantic and crying. Car. Like, damn, that is the worst. Like the worst getting your car to like a ticket is bad, but when they take your, your car, like it's, it's three, it's 300, it's, it's 300 quick. Um, you might not get it out that day, depending on if it's still open or not. Like it's a whole process and it is a pain in the ass and I'm pissed. Cause like they got me. So I'm like, damn court. They, they got me like when my car is cold, I'm sick. And Courtney straight does not, it is the most gangsters thing I ever seen. She just looked at me and was like, "Oh, it's fine. Like I, I know them. I, we got it. Let's go get it." I'm like, "What did you say?" She's like, "Yeah, let's just go get it. Like I know them." I'm like, "You know the tow car. You know the tow car. They won't call me. Like that's a very specific like group of people to be in with." <laughs> we, walk, we walk like five blocks over, and she walks in. And like calls the owner and he's like, yeah, like blah, 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 whatever. They just gave me my keys and I <laughs> the car out. And I was like, damn. <laughs> I made some calls. Listen, I got people. Calls. Like, I don't, I'm like, I don't even know who Courtney rolls with like that. <laughs> You're like, shit, should I be friends with you now? You can stay. Um, I was, I was blown away because that is not a group of people that people just know. Um, yeah, so I got my, I got my car ticketed and towed so many times that I became best friends with the tow lot guys. And when I tell you that like one of them, cause it's beach towing and then it's, um, and then it's the, the Miami tow lot. Uh, that was the, um, damn, it was the, it's Miami beach towing and there's another one. There's two of them that are next to each other. So it's like completely different. If you, if you know one guy at one tow lot, you can't know the guy the tow lot the next time. So I, you know, I, I became so close with both of them that um, one of the guys at beach towing, I mean, he brought me into his like mafia hangout room. He's like, yo girl, like just sit down and chill. And he had like, like pictures of like old Italian mafia guys on the walls. And yeah, I mean, I was, I was actually kind of really surprised when I was in there. I was like, this, this kind of seems like a very shady relationship. That's cool. I mean, it's sometimes you got to have shady relationships. I don't, I don't have them in every city yet, but yeah, that, 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 I don't consider it to be shady. I thought that was a very helpful relationship to have. <laughs> but I was like, I had never seen nothing like this. Like, not the tow company. <laughs> it doesn't say who you are. They're going to be like, put them right there on the counter and we will glad you give you, gladly give you your car back. Oh, I know. No, I just, I, I called my guy Manny. I was like, yo, it's my girl Joy Taylor. She got her car. He's like, all right. He's like, he's like, just, it's all good. <laughs> That's, yeah, I couldn't believe it. They're wait so fast. I'm like, lonely. Let the ch they change their mind. We just shoot on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can believe I that. Know. Not about that. 
It's special occasions for special people because they don't don't do that for everyone. I remember I was like subletting um, on Airbnb for my apartment and uh, I had to pay half of the Tofi, you know, just for like randoms. But like if it's a special friend of mine, then, you know, they got you. But listen, after this interview is over, I'll DM you. I'll DM you the numbers. So anytime you have any issues. I'm not trying to have no smoke. I'm an Uber down there now, but <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was, right. that was love though. I forgot all about that. I wasn't sure where you were going with that story, but yeah, I forgot about that. I was trying, yeah, I was, I was trying, to, trying to, well, you brought that up at your Halloween party last year. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why, that's where we were talking about it. That's yeah, what, and you brought it up, and I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot the story." I forgot about that. Yeah, that was gangster. It was. Oh man, pre-COVID yeah. life, we used to have Halloween parties. We could walk through the streets and, um, you know, enjoy brunches and matches together, and uh, you know, close. They said they got a vaccine, so like, hopefully, in a couple months, everybody will have it, and we'll be good to go. I think. Well, you know, the the first place that I'm going. I mean, moving back to LA is a priority for me. So, you know, uh, we'd love to have you back. LA misses you. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we got, we got to get that. We got to get that vaccine crank, crank it. Are you yeah. going to take, take it? Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Put that in my arm right now. Like literally they're like, Oh, Oh, do you know what was so funny is because in Moderna, Moderna Inc which is the second one. It's like the Pfizer one. And then it's Moderna. They are the other ones that have potentially the new vaccine. And they've been, um, they've been running these trials for the last like six months and they're based out of Cambridge, which I live in Cambridge. So, you know, it's, there's about 30,000 people, I think in this last phase three that they've been testing and that I had a conspiracy theory in the summer. The reason that COVID rates were below 1% in the entire state of Massachusetts was because of, that COVID trial, um, which obviously our numbers are not as good right now, as long as the rest of the country is, you know, going up. But yeah, they were asking me, they're like, would you be interested every time I take a COVID test? Would you be interested in, um, you know, a, a COVID vaccine trial? Please, by all means, I'd be the first one there, the second one there for that second dose. Um, I mean, listen, like, I, you know, I'm blessed. I don't have any underlying health issues, but some of the people that are anti-vaxxers and then they're like demanding that, you know, COVID ends, they have no say because, you know, I, I it's, it's so much anxiety on a day-to-day -day basis. Exactly. You know, but I know they need to get it to, they need to get it to frontline workers and they need to get it to teachers and yeah. doctors and nurses and, you know, everybody who has to work at grocery stores and all, all those people get it yeah, first. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know because I, I they're they're phasing it out, but hopefully I'm hoping I'm hopeful that by next spring um, that we're good, or at least we're trending yeah. towards you know some kind of of normalcy. But in the meantime, yeah. managing it, we got sports back. I'm grateful for that. So, uh, oh, curious, and maybe because you guys, I don't know who has the Super Bowl this year, but have they told you any of the preliminary plans for Super Bowl right now? Uh, yeah. I believe it's CBS. CBS has it this year. Okay. Tampa. Um, we don't go to the Super Bowl unless Fox has it. Yeah. It's just not. Uh, that said last year, I asked one of my friends, cost at least $7 million. They said six, $7 million. That set you guys had scrolled oh, out. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable setup. Um, 
for the Super Bowl. It was amazing. It was like it was like Foxland. <laughs> um, it really was like mahogany wood, mahogany wood floors and all around the screens. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was gorgeous. They did an amazing job. I, I don't know what the Super Bowl is going to look like this year. Um, it is in Tampa. It is in Florida. So they are, from what I understand, allowed to have full capacity. Really? So I don't know that they is will. That yeah. Is that allowed? Um, well, I know. Sure? Yeah, because the governor, I saw that they were approved it for Dolphin Stadium. So I'm assuming that they did it for the whole state. Um, but obviously the Dolphins have not, and either Tampa has, you know, brought in full capacity because it's not, I mean, that's right. not. You know, they would get, they would get vilified by the I national sure. It's not logical to do that. Um, no. They're not going to put their staff at risk and their team at risk to do that either. Um right now, but I, I think that they, they will be allowed to, whether they will or not, I, I doubt it. Uh, mm -hmm. the, whatever, you know, whatever the maximum capacity around the league is for fans um, right now, which I'd have to imagine is, is either Texas or Florida. Yeah. Um, or maybe Arizona. I don't know, but whatever. I'm sure they'll do that capacity for the Super Bowl. I mean, it's going to look different this, this year. They're not going to be, there's not going to be as many fan activities. It's they've already canceled the pro bowl. Um, did they really? Did they do yeah, that. They canceled Pro Bowl a couple weeks ago. They're gonna do like some kind of interactive activities or something. They're still gonna. You're still gonna get a like go to the Pro Bowl. Like you're still gonna yeah. get yeah the title of Pro Bowler. Um, they're just not gonna have the game this year. Which I mean, that's that's to be expected. And and they may depending on how you know the scheduling plays out because of the games that have had have been moved around. They may need that extra week. Anyway, hopefully not. Yeah. But hopefully, yeah. Yeah, I mean the leagues have done an amazing job, so I'm sure they're going to do, you know, the best that they're capable of for the Super Bowl this year. It's it's going to yeah. still be, you know, a great game. Whoever makes it, this is oh for sure. It's not going to take away. Clearly, I think it's the biggest surprise. At least, it's not surprise for a lot of people. A lot of people are surprised that they have continued to play games the way that they've played so far this year, but. Yeah, the quality hasn't taken a back. Uh, you know, it's disappointing that we can't aren't able to go to games. But I think that the bottom line is just keep this, keep the you know the teams alive. And I'm hoping yeah. uh, you know that the NBA season can start on time. That the NBA can put in kind of a non bubble situation. I don't think anyone from the NBA or the NHL wants to even remotely think about going back into a bubble. Yeah, that that's well. They've said they're starting it back up in December, December twenty second. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're going to have um, regional bubbles, but yeah, I mean, there's, just getting the sports on TV was the most important thing, obviously for multiple mm -hmm. reasons, um, but they've, they, they've done a great job. And honestly, seeing games without fans is not, it's not bothered me. Isn't it? No, it's not bothered me either. I know it's hard for the players. Um, I'm sure they're starting to get used to it, but like, you know, when they're in the completely empty stadiums, like it doesn't, it's a little different, especially for quarterbacks and offenses. But um, as far as a viewer, it's not – and maybe just from watching the NBA and watching baseball, uh, I was kind of already prepared for what it was going to mm -hmm. look like. And I think the NBA did an unbelievable job with the aesthetics. Like, I got so used to it, I forgot. They were like yeah, – exactly. Friends there. Um, so, I, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Like, they've done such, such an incredible job considering the, the circumstances. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Well, I won't keep you any longer. It's my girl. I love you. Love you too. Can't wait. That was fun.
That was a lot of fun. I always love having my friends on, and I think those were two fantastic interviews. Listen, we're going to do phoners and all that fun stuff, but you got to give them the heavy hitter guests. And I think those two today, Greg Cosell and Joy Taylor, really hit it hard. I hope you liked my story. Will, by the way, did you like the story about um, Joy getting her car towed? Oh, yeah. I, I think I said this on Tuesday. It was the most on-brand thing I've ever heard about Yeah, you. yeah. I mean, listen. Just having a tow truck guy? I, I got all the guys. I tell this to people and they laugh at me, but I'm like, no, for real, though. Like, I'm the, I'm the plug. I'm the yeah. female plug. I got a guy for everyone. I got a... I got a... A, I get, a DIY guy, a wrench guy. You got a... I just a, don't have a guy that's going to, like, set you up with a lease in Boston. Or, like, make you happy and warm, warm, <laughs> Dude, warm we're not the, talking about that inside. now holy shit i know it just got too real oh my god all right you said you had a guy for everything but I, yeah turns out you just like no. yeah i gotta sometimes i gotta travel to go get that um all right next week wow the nba draft is next week isn't that crazy yeah it is crazy and the nba season's coming up like, yeah very soon we're gonna get ryan russillo on the podcast that's a big fucking get yeah that's a big deal ryan russillo I mean, he's just a legend. He just, I mean, he's so knowledgeable. He's actually from Boston. He's from Martha's Vineyard. Born and raised. I think I knew that, actually. Yeah. I have a funny story to tell about his old show, but I'll do that. We'll do that when we have, we're not bombarding our guests with like an an hour and 50 minute show. Thanks for sticking around with us. Thanks for listening to this. And if you're still listening to this, go get a Bunny James box. Yeah, do it. 15% off. All right. See you next week. See ya.